at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writers Room. I'm your host Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week on a very special Sif Pop Writers Room After Dark for two thirds of us, <laughs> I'm joined by Sif Pop Writers Alex. Hi there. And Alex. Alice. Already. Already. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You ruined it. You ruined it by bringing it up and then it got in your brain. Yes, yeah. Alice here. Hello. Good day. <laughs> Yeah, Alice is the one that still has the sun in the sky at the moment. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's so nice. For once, I'm not up early or late. It's such a nice change of pace. Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting to see until one of us becomes unhinged, um, just like Foster was in his most recent episode. That that always makes for a fun time. But you know what? I think we can do it. I have some Mountain Dew and a Pop Tart, so I'm living my best college <laughs> life. Five years after, five years removed from college, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a late, late bloomer with the college life. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. No, I've just been living this way since. <laughs> Nothing, Nothing wrong with changed. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strawberry pop tart. So we're good. Um. <laughs> anyway. It's, it's fruit. Fruit's healthy, right? Fruit's good for you. So sure. Yeah. So Alex and Alice joining. Uh, they both write for the site. Um, Alice does the one stop pop every month uh, that comes out. Uh, Second, I think Thursday, Tuesday, one of the second two. Tuesday, I think. Yeah, I should know, but I don't. It just shows up <laughs> in the drafts and I make a graphic and schedule it. Yeah, and you you had a couple recent reviews recently for the site. You did. Uh, there was a, hold on. Don't tell me it was a TV show. Handmaid's Tale, right? Yes. Nice. I got it. Boom. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and Alex, was the most recent thing you did the Doctor Who special? Yeah, I did the Jodie Whittaker regeneration episode. That wasn't that long ago, like two weeks, three weeks? Now a month. Oh, geez. It's definitely right. a month. Yeah. Well, that's time. Um, <laughs> I've, I've slept since then. So time is, as as Hannibal Burris says in Tag, time is a construct. So, yeah. So we uh, do movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other fun things on the website. Uh, make sure to check out SifPop.com to keep up with all that. But on the podcast today, we're going to talk about coming attraction. Apparently, there's three things coming out this week. I honestly haven't cared because it like like we were talking a little bit last week like there doesn't it, it feels like less than years past like there's less like Oscar talk like there's not really like mm. a big Chris I mean there's there's Babylon and like what else is there really looking to look forward to like for December Don't I mean move out Babylon like <laughs> I mean and look I'm stuff is getting like I just found out and like I guess spoiler for a few weeks ago I just finally found out about a man called Otto. And I saw the trailer for that in front mm. of Glass Onion, and that looks delightful. So, like, I'm excited yeah. for that one now. Like, um, have you um, have you seen the original? Speaking of, no. you know, well, of uh, Scandinavian names. So, yeah, the original, a man named Ove. It's very good. It was actually, I think, it was nominated for best foreign language film hmm. a few years ago, and it's it's. I mean, it's the same as the <laughs> as the Tom what the Tom Hanks one will be. Yeah, but it is very like you know heartwarming and charming and like yeah, I'm I'm excited because it's Tom Hanks and also the sweet the I think it was Swedish Scandinavian anyway movie was um, very good and so I'm hoping that this is very good because it's the the same. My wife got excited <laughs> halfway through because uh, she recognized what this was. She's like, oh, this is that. Like 
because uh, it said based yeah. off of the book. And I'm like, okay, cool. But she's like, it's on Bookstagram. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> so anyway, like either way, like it just apparently there's three movies coming out this week and we're going to talk about them. But you could have told me there was no movies coming out this week. And I'm like, sure. So <laughs> when we're done talking about those, we'll move on to our SIF topic. It's Nostalgia Pick, first uh, Wednesday of the month. Uh, nostalgia Pick, uh, Shrek the Third and Jack Frost, the two movies that are coming to play this week. And then for the B-plot, not really related to anything, but I just thought, let's do movies that don't need sequels but do need spinoffs. That's one that John requested. So I thought it was based off the fact that Wednesday's blown up. Oh, I guess. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, you, unconsciously there was a there was a strategy. <laughs> no, I like to do these fantasy casts for these um, nostalgia yeah. ones a lot. But I was just I have a list, and I was like, you know what? Let's pick something. And I got Alice and Alex mm. on. Let's pick something that we can get cr- fun and creative with. Mm. And I put was planning on putting show notes together, you know, farther than a day in advance, and then that didn't happen. So um, it's fine. You don't really need to know anything other than what, what yeah. movie you need to watch. You know. So yeah, yeah. So that's the pot. That's the episode. Uh, we'll wrap up with a spinoff, of course. But first, let's get a chance to know our writers this week. Uh, you guys have been on the show before a couple times each. So I don't have mm-hmm. the standard questions, anything for you. Actually, I don't really have anything that gets you to know get, that gets to know you. Um, but I do have some like fun insights. So um, uh, I'm going to talk about something for a little bit. And then I got a, an opportunity to turn this into something funny. For those of you that are listening that don't know, because we haven't announced on the podcast, it's just the writers that know, the podcast format's going to change next year. So I'm really excited about this. I was looking at my movie shelf and I noticed, so I collect physical media still, right? And I have like, I pull out each of my movies like a quarter of an inch, like if I haven't seen them or if it's been like way too long. And then so I just looked at my movie shelf and like literally half of my shelf is pulled out. And I'm just like, this is like... And like my movie shelf isn't small, like it's not a shelf of movies. It's like 800 movies, you know, so I figured I got to start getting getting these down. And like some of a lot of them I haven't seen. So like, you know, it's not just haven't seen in a while. It's like I haven't seen ever. So like, am I sure I really want this Blu-ray on my shelf or do I want to get rid of it? You know, so did I just impulse buy it because Criterion had a 50 percent off sale? Likely. <laughs> so anyway. So what we're going to be doing is um, we will still have comic book themed movies on uh, the second Wednesday of the month. And we will still have our goats episode um, that we did the poll for. That'll be every Friday. Um, but every other week, we're going to have two writers on and we're going to pick two. They've picked a movie. They, they picked a couple movies from my watch list and I pulled them together and like listed them. And so like we're going to have two movies that are on my watch list every week. There was no parameters other than it had to be a movie that I was looking like looking for a reason to see sometime soon. So again, second Tuesday of the month still have Joe and we're going to be talking about um, some comic book films. And then, uh, and then fourth Wednesday is going to be our normal goats episode. But like Alex, you'll be on in March um, talking about Cloverfield with me and 10 Cloverfield lane. A lot of these are two, two, by the way, two movies a week. And Alice, you'll be on. This is a fun combination uh, in May to talk about 1984 and bringing up baby. <laughs> so the I'm going to watch them back to back and just see what that does to my mind. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen either of them. That's, that's I haven't either actually. So There's a good there's a good exciting. chunk of these that like I have seen it's just been forever. Like mm. um Wolf of Wall Street, Mask of Zorro, mm. Ghost Rider, uh, 500 Days of Summer, um 10 Cloverfield Lane will be on the episode Alex is on too. So like I've seen those. It's just been a while. Yeah. But yeah, I just I also was just like, I'm going to put our two Australians together because 
time zones. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I don't think you guys have been on together, so I can do it once every now and then. That's fine. And 1984 didn't really fit with anything. Um, (laughs) It's, I mean, to be fair, it's kind of nice that it's got the genre change because if you put two things that were similar in tone mm. to 1984, that would be such a depressing podcast. Yeah. Everything is awful. We live in a society. <laughs> I mean, some of them are going to be that way. So I think a lot of them are yeah. going to be like pretty light and fun. But like, yeah, I've got Beetlejuice and Big Fish on one of these weeks. Like that's Burton oh, related. That's obviously. gonna be great. There, there's some that like wound up being really nice because like Nash's number one pick was High Fidelity, and his second pick was Lion, and John's number mm. pick was North by Northwest, and I wanted to save that for a Goats episode, but his number two pick was Lion. So I just said, fine, Lion and High Fidelity. It was it was both on it was on both of your lists, so I did that, and I think there's the Cable Guy was that way as well. So like Cable Guy and Signs, why not? You know. So <laughs> anyway. That will be the new podcast format. That will be the new way that we are doing things. So I'll 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 try to announce movies as far enough in advance as I can. Um, so I'll start announcing next week and then two weeks from now. So anyway, also a new thing coming to the podcast that nobody knows about except for me and Robert is that we're going to have an additional episode every month. So Robert proposed this to me and I was like, I think that would be a great idea. Run with it. So I'm not going to be hosting these episodes. I don't even plan on being on them, but Robert is going to be hosting episodes that will launch the first full Saturday of a month. So like if the, if it like, I think April, like Saturday is the first. So don't expect an episode on the first, expect it on the eighth. Robert is going to be doing about five of the biggest releases of the previous month and having a guest on to review those movies. So that's fun. That's exciting. Um, We'll have a little bit of new release content to talk about and you won't have to hear my voice all the time on this feed. So that's also something to be happy about. So woohoo, congratulations, expansion, all that stuff. Um, I'm really excited for Robert to do that. I think it'll be really cool and uh, opportunities for our stiff pop writers to talk about new releases other than just writing, you know? So (laughs) yeah. I'm really excited about that. Really cool. Yeah. Um, You guys have gotten to hear enough of my voice. I think we can move on from that. So for the like introductory thing, I said, so in order to, for you guys to pick movies that you wanted to see, wanted me to see off of my watch list, or you wanted to see, just have an excuse, whatever. I thought you have access to my movie collection, Doc, because that's (laughs) how I shared it. So Alice and Alex, let's hear it. Roast my movie collection. Come on. (laughs) You want to go first? No, no, please. Okay. You're technically above me in the um, in alphabetical order, so that will give me time to quickly scroll through. <laughs> uh, better, better make it quick, because I wanted to say, uh, basically, I didn't have much to roast you over, and that's only because, man, I didn't get too much of a long time to look at that list, but also, it's a nice, like, it's a nice collection, and I'm trying to rebuild my collection right now, and I hope that I get about as many in mine soon, because, like, yes, like, last monday or whatever i don't know i posted on twitter was the first time i collected physical media in about over a year and a half because of stuff just you know just trying to do deal with some stuff and get over it now i'm finally coming back up now i'm able to finally start collecting those 4k steelbooks and movies i actually want to own physically Mm -hmm. and i've got new stuff coming in tomorrow got peacemaker coming in on blu-ray i'm excited about that and uh so yeah i can't really like roast your collection because like it's honestly a pretty good collection especially in the tv shows Boo. 
I demanded me, a post. It's, <laughs> me, it's more like, what what don't you have on this collection, Aaron? Fair. It's hard to roast a collection that's pretty much the entirety of my local DVD store. Sure, yeah. But having said that, the t- for me, the TV shows is where you're lacking. Although I also yeah. do wonder, like, do people buy TV shows anymore? That just got me thinking about it because I haven't really been buying TV shows because it's all on streaming services. So, like, why it, would people invest in, in kind of physical me. media? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, or, yeah. or like, um, like I bought, I have Fargo seasons one through three because I bought them digitally, mm. but that was before I was paying for Hulu. Like, so mm. I bought them because I was like, oh, I'd rather buy them than buy Hulu. But now I do Hulu for my cable. So like that solves itself. So I, I'm much more hesitant to buy now. Um, I pretty much only mm. buy on sales. So I buy things like Westworld and, you know, like the Game of Thrones collection and whatnot. But yeah, yeah. TV is relatively lacking. Scrubs. Especially because Scrubs has the original soundtrack only on the DVDs on the streaming. They lost a lot of rights. So I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for some reason the doc I have access to stops at F, but that's fine because I see you've got Drake and Josh, the complete series yeah. on here, which yeah. that, I mean, wh- yep. you have Drake and Josh and you don't yeah. have, I don't know, any of the other like major TV shows at the time. Where's Wizards of Waverly Place? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're not a girl, but let's be honest, Lizzie McGuire. Hannah Montana, yeah. Yeah, those are the ones era. that like, uh-huh. yeah, that that was my era of like Disney Channel. And then I guess I was, I see, I wasn't a Nickelodeon kid, mm. which having just read I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy makes me a little bit like, oh, I'm glad I wasn't a Nickelodeon kid because mm-hmm. that would make me feel real problematic right now. So <laughs> you can just sit there with that, <laughs> with that thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I watched a good amount of iCarly in middle school. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I the the doc stopped at F because mm. I like I cut it off early because I was like, it, you don't need to talk like to have the TV show stuff because like we don't we're not going to talk about TV show stuff. Yeah. So because like some yeah. people requested TV shows, but I'm like, I'm not watching a whole TV show if I already have to watch at least two movies a week. Like it's just not happening. All right. Well, I guess let this be a forewarning to all the writers listening now. When you appear, I expect you a roast of roast. my movie collection. So get a roast ready. Because I was like sitting here and like I was honestly intimidated to share the doc because I was I was 100% expecting why on earth do you own a copy of Transformers The Last Night? And like that was, that was too easy, Aaron. Come it on. Is a little that's, easy. That's yeah. Too but like easy. look, see, for the me answer... it was more why on earth see, I would say why on earth do you own a copy of X-Men Apocalypse? And then I realize I also own a copy of X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> that okay. one actually I owned I bought a copy because I rented it right when it came out and I was like, I like this movie. And then yeah. and then and I then watched it a little bit later. <laughs> And I realized the only thing I like about this movie is Magneto in the first 40 minutes. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So I traded in my copy, but I redeemed the digital code, which means I still own it. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you own pitch all the pitch perfect. Look, I understand the first one. Yeah, I understand the first one. I really do. But Pitch Perfect 3, I think I've like blocked it out of my, (gasps) you own, oh no, okay. No, you do. You own the sh- the bad, I should say, pirates. You own the bad pirates. Oh, okay. Why do you own yep. okay. Pirates 4 and Pirates 5? Okay, that's deserving of a roast because they're just terrible. <laughs> I can explain all these, actually. So Pitch okay. Perfect was one of those where I owned the first one because the first one was great. And I've seen two and three, yeah. and I'm like, they're not terrible, right? They're fine. No. They're certainly nowhere the level of the first one. And Black Friday, like 2021, 
I could get the mm. whole trilogy for like eight bucks. And I was like, I'm not going to not do that. So that's why I have it. <laughs> and the Pirates one was it was a bundle on Voodoo. It was a 4K bundle for like 20 bucks for all five films. And I'm like, cool. And I had never seen them at the point at that point. So it was cheaper right. than to buy them individually. Have you have you seen them now? Yeah. Yeah. Five's a, pe- five's a giant yeah. piece of crap. Four's yeah. bad, but not. But four's bad, but yes. kind of watchable. Mm-hmm. At some points, I'll give you that much. Yeah, but f- but yeah, five is very watchable. very bad. When did five come out? Because I don't remember there being a fifth. Uh, like it was a big four years ago. Yeah, you know they filmed the sixth one. Like it exists. They just really never brought it out. They filmed it. At the, they filmed number five and number six at the same time, There's and then they were going to no release way. number. Yeah, and then it was so bad. The fifth one was so bad. It's just been shelved. They're never oh, wow. touching them ever again. <laughs> I did. I had no clue. I yeah. Wow, that's shocking. Yeah, yep. that's the one that has Javier Bardem as the villain, and he's got like a floating face. Yes, and the visual the visual effects are really cool. And yeah, and it's the one where uh, Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom return for mm, all of okay, yeah. two minutes. <laughs> yeah, the last one I remember. Was just completely no Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Was, but Penelope yeah. Cruz. I think <laughs> there was Blackbeard, I think. Mm-hmm. Been a minute. Yep, that's the one. So They all mesh together. They're bad. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, fair roast to Alex. Fair roast. Um, <laughs> Alice. Fair roasts, Alice. <laughs> Alliteration. It's is, okay. Or, Pronunciation, maybe you should have. Maybe you should have been the the bet. Should have been how often will you actually use my name? That mm, my probably, name. probably. <laughs> anyway, for, for people that are guesting on the show, um, prepare to come with a roast. I expect to be roasted, um, but also save some roasting for everybody. Don't take up all the good ones. So anyway, but yeah, I, I was so scared to share it with you with everybody. I was mm. like, people are gonna be like. Why do you own this and why do you own that? And instead, they're just like, I like the way you organize. It's very creative and yeah. colorful and makes a lot of sense. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> so, look, I don't think you can be, I don't think any movie lover can be truly judgmental of another movie lover's collection because we all were young once. We all got into movies at a certain age and you just bought everything. And then you then reflect back. Like, I go back sometimes, I'll rewatch movies and I'll have rated it. Uh, in the past and then I'm like why on earth did I give this an mm-hmm. eight like it is mm-hmm. just what drugs how and how many drugs were I was I on as an eight-year-old child how or whatever. many drugs did you eat <laughs> yeah just because I'm I've, I was even looking today through my watch list and everything I'm just like oh wow that's that was a choice so <laughs> you know it's very fair enough mm-hmm. we all we've all been there once upon a time yeah. Hey, Aaron, if it makes you feel any better, I've got a Blu-ray copy of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I have a 4K copy of the 2019, 2020 Mortal So do Kombat. I. So do I. But I, I, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like that one, but yeah, Annihilation's a giant piece of poop, so. And you yeah. only have like six Blu-rays and that one you own? Yeah, 40, they're just all scattered and they're not of quality. Like, I've got all of the Shrek, movie on, Shrek movies on Blu-ray. I've got a copy of 2016 Suicide Squad. Like it's it's a mix of that's fine and that's Alex. why do you have that? <laughs> we should have been resting your one, collection. <laughs> yeah. That's when I got into movies and 2016, uh, 2016 me thought differently of, of Suicide yeah. Squad, and then yeah. like how, a year later it hit me. How about this for people in the future that that know that I'm going to ask 
to to for them to roast my collection. Show me your collection. I want to roast it. <laughs> fair is fair. We each get one jab at each other. All right. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> I have one random question for you guys before we move on. Uh, I really like this one, actually. Has your taste in music changed over the last 10 years? Yes. Shall I go first? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I have found that my music has gone from being into music to listening to music that I listen, that I hear in movies. So mm. all of the music in my liked songs and playlists and that I have heard on either a movie or a TV show. And sometimes, sometimes that spurs me like really latching onto an artist. And then I'll go through and kind of listen to their discography and discover a bunch of um, songs I really like. So for example, I became obsessed with Heartstopper recently, the Netflix show and baby queen is an artist that's commonly featured on the soundtracks. Then I went and now I've listened to all of her songs and I like all of her songs. So I remember as a kid, I used to really be into music. I used to, you know, watch all the music on Saturday mornings. I used to play all the new music videos and I used to sit in front of the TV and write down all the ones I liked so that my dad could burn them all onto a disc for me and I used to just do nothing but listen to music and now it's like I will I, I listen to podcasts and I li- mm-hmm. basically my Spotify wrapped all of my artists was were composers and mm-hmm. and also then George Ezra that's the only like <laughs> artist that I properly follow sure. <laughs> so yeah that that's me <laughs> Alex yeah, uh, t- twenty twenty two. So yeah, about ten years ago, I was not listening to anything I was listening to now. Not because songs came out, of course, but like nowadays, I I do enjoy like to listen to film scores if I'm trying to be productive. That helps me get a lot of work out of the way, uh, especially when gaming. But also the same about like movies that are uh, songs that are in movies. I do love uh, taking that and then finding new artists from that, and uh, and like let's see. I was 13 10 years ago. So yeah, I, I think 13 year old me was like, what's the new Kanye West, uh, Kanye West album like, which I'm definitely not listening to now. <laughs> it's a bit, bit different now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So 10 years ago, I would be 17. And uh, that means that, oh man, I would have been a junior into senior in high school. I'm embarrassed to say I had two radio stations that I would listen to. And uh, a pretty 50-50. And one of them was the local alt-rock station, which was great. Shout out if you're in the Chicago area, Q101. And uh, the other one was the locally ran uh, from a Bible college, but like the Christian musician. And actually, um, Dicer used to work at that um, like that station. So uh, obviously not the same time frame. Or at least a version of that because he went to school to the place where it's based out of. So. And he's talked about his radio in college days. So, I mean, I, I'm assuming I think it's a pretty safe assumption. Uh, now I hate any Christian music that plays over the air. I think it's all garbage. Uh, not because I've changed my belief system, you know, but because it's bad music. <laughs> what about Skillet? Do you like Skillet? Uh, no, I saw him in concert in August and it was like my third time seeing him in concert. I, I liked them in high school. I do not like them. I think they're bad. So uh, you should right but do not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, still really into the alt rock, um, but man, college hit different. Um, got me into much better music. So yeah, I'd say alt rock is my main now. So anyway, that was fun. I like that. Okay. Coming attraction time. Three things to talk about. 
Alex, it is the latest for you. Actually, I think it actually, Alice, it's the latest for you because you're technically like ahead of us. Right, but true. Whatever. Late, I guess it's <laughs> early. But Alex, you go first because it's one oh eight in the morning your time. Yeah. Which one do you want to talk about? Let's talk about the whale. I want to. I'm excited to talk about this one. Okay. Mm. All right, so the whale, um, probably getting the most press because a lot standing ovation for Brendan Fraser at the um, uh, awards ceremonies. Darren Aronofsky's mm. new film, right, written by um, uh, Samuel D. Hunter, starring Brendan Fraser, Sadie Sink, Ty Simpkins. That's a name I know. Who is he? He's somebody, right? He isn't he Cyclops? I think oh, yeah. he's the, and he's the he's little kid. The kid. He's the little he... kid from Iron Man Three and Jurassic World. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm thinking of yeah, no, he's not Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting confused with the other, the other one. And he's the little kid in the beginning of the Nice Guys that stumbles upon Misty Mountains. He is. Mm. Yeah, nice. I like this kid. He's got a good filmography. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that's been in the Nice Guys has. Oh, a good I was getting confused with Ty Sheridan. That's who I was. Getting oh confused yes, with. yes, that's yeah. Cyclops. Yeah. The Will. Okay, a reclusive English teacher attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Uh, this is, I'm sure, going to be more than that. I think this is a twenty four, right? Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. yeah, it's eight twenty four. Cool. All right, we're we're gonna take uh, this is a theater movie um, coming out December um, nine. I, I don't know if that's limited or wide. I'm sure, but, yeah, and obviously probably US limited. Yeah. I'd imagine mm. limited, and then it'll be wide in a couple of weeks. But either way, yeah, this is what Wikipedia has. It's and IMDb says as well. So you know we're gonna we're gonna say we're gonna assume all the theaters things. I think that's true for this one, and we're gonna assume that your budget and schedule don't factor into this. You have all the time and money in the world, or whatever. So the only thing holding you back from seeing this movie is your free will. Would you go check it out in theaters? Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on the streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested, Alex? Since you picked it first, we're gonna start with Alice. All right, I would. I think I'd go opening night for this one. I'm actually very excited for a few reasons. Are we just going to say our anticipation and then go to talking about our feelings? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. just like a, yep. a quick opening brief, night. like why you're in where you're at. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, opening night for me, I think I'm very excited to see Brendan Fraser. I always love a good comeback story, even in real life. So this mm-hmm. one's very exciting. Plus, I do enjoy Aronofsky films. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> But I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but I always find them very compelling. So I'm always mm-hmm. intrigued to see what he comes up with next. Plus, Sadie sure. Sink is also amazing. So it just has a lot going for it in my mind. Sure. Alex? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's I'm the same. I like Aronofsky. Uh, don't know why I like his movies, even though they're unsettling. And I'll probably <laughs> never watch Requiem for a Dream ever again. But I, I want to be there opening weekend if I can. Uh, I'm excited to see more Brendan Fraser because he's been killing it in Doom Patrol. Go watch Doom Patrol if you can. And I haven't seen Sadie Sink in anything else other than Stranger Things. And I'm excited to see her not play that kind of character, probably. I don't know. I haven't seen a trailer for this one. I just want to go in and enjoy it on its own. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go in theaters as well. I just, the the, the awards buzz for Brendan Fraser. I mean, he's probably, the, he's the front runner for lead actor, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. fair to say. At the moment, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think him and then the. I think Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell are like the mm. other two in the conversation right now. Sure, but it's not a very it's not a very like in depth conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like he's at least going to get a nomination and be widely considered. And, For sure. You know, maybe maybe something will come across that we don't know of. There always seems to be some dark horses that are just like oh, and mm. then people watch it. It's like oh yeah, but it's. I think this is 
pretty well regarded. So, I mean, the the buzz on that alone is going to get me. And like like Alex, uh, or like I think you both mentioned, like I'm I'm here for a comeback story. Mm. You know, especially like Brendan Fraser seemed to be ran out of Hollywood because of him. You know, speaking out against sexual abuse. So mm. it's nice to see the good guys. You know, win. win. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's more thoughts. Anybody? I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I think I'm going to cry a lot and it's it's going to be like either uncomfortable amounts of cl- crying or like, because for me, the thing that always gets me in movies is parent-child relationships. That's the thing. And that's literally what this movie is about. So, and he's meant to be a person that's full of hope about humanity, even though he's in such a desolate state. Like, oh my gosh, I think I'm just going to be a sobbing mess and it's not going to be okay but sure and then if he does get nominated and win the oscar i will probably also sub just because seeing his standing ovation at was it venice film festival yeah mm-hmm. seeing his standing ovation there like and how he was reacting to it i was just like oh you're such you're so such a nice person and i just i'm so happy to see you happy you know so yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i have nothing else to contribute to this conversation because i I didn't know what this movie was about. I had only seen like the, the still that seems to be like the poster and like everything. Mm. So I, I didn't know. I don't know anything about this movie just cause I stayed away from it. it especially as we get to award season, like it's mm. very easy for me to ignore things on Twitter and whatnot. And it will be easier when Twitter stops existing and <laughs> in the long. near future. Yeah. yeah. Sometime. <laughs> so <laughs> So, like, I have nothing to contribute. All I know is Aronofsky, who I generally like. I've only seen Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, and Noah. And oh, yeah, and I kind of like Noah, and I am at least interested in Requiem for a Dream. And Black Swan's great. So mm. two and a half out of three for me. So, you know, I, I know there's plenty. I know I should see The Wrestler, and I should see Pi, and I should see... Mother! Yes, mother, and I should sorry, mother, and uh, I should see uh, the, the the. There's another. Oh, geez, oh, geez, there's another one he was really famous for. Um, anyway, like I know I yeah, should see I more of his filmography, about. but like the one that he did right before the wrestler. Hang on. Anyway, mother pie. I will search. I will see. Give me a moment. Okay. Oh, I didn't know Either he'd way. executive produce that. Anyway, I need to. I need to see more of his filmography. I know that. So, mm-hmm. um, but either way, it's it's not a negative or a necessarily the fountain the fountain that's the one yes so i know that one gets a lot of like praise so yeah yeah i need to see more of his filmography and yeah critical acclaim so i'll see this one you guys have any other thoughts no No. cool all right alice would you like to talk about matilda the musical or night at the museum common raw rises again eric and matilda okay matilda the musical netflix so it's in select theaters this weekend and on Netflix, Christmas Day, similar to Glass Onion uh, and Pinocchio and seemingly any movie that Netflix kind of wants awards for. This is, uh, of course, based off of the character created by Roald Dahl. Um, uh, let's see. Emma Thompson, Stephen Graham, Lashana Lynch, uh, Andrea Riseborough. Anybody else? I mean, the, the main kid is Alicia Weir. I don't know if that's mm. we're supposed to know who that is. I think that's a, like that's a pretty solid cast right there. Um, mm. You know, Dennis Kelly doing the screenplay, musical book, um, and Matthew Warkus. Um, 
is how I'm going to choose to pronounce it now. Um, <laughs> let's see. The adaptation of the Tony and Oliver award-winning musical Matilda tells the story of an extraordinary girl who, armed with a sharp mind and vivid imagination, dares to take a stand to change her story with miraculous results. Alex, um, same scale. Theaters, rent, stream, or not interested? Uh, not interested. Okay. You're going to break Alice's heart right, live on stream. I don't have Netflix, so I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go streaming. Matilda, like the movie came out around like what would be my era of growing up. I think it might qualify for nostalgia. I don't know that I've seen it in a long, like, well, I definitely, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. I definitely remember a lot of like previews for it because back when VHSs had previews in the front, mm. I remember seeing the trailer a ton. That and Harriet the Spy are like interconnected to me. <laughs> yeah. So that would be a fun nostalgia episode. Anyway. I, I don't it sure it, it's it's an award-winning musical road to hall yeah cool done i'm streaming not 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 made for me but sure all right here let's hear it alice yeah i think look i actually was for a long time just streaming I, i've never been super attached to the original i think i watched it as a kid i haven't really seen it since it's just been one where i've been like oh i should rewatch it and then i've just never gone back and done it but mm-hmm. then I am on TikTok, like many people are, and right mm-hmm. now, absolutely blowing up is one of the dance routines from the movie, and it looks insane. the The amount of talent in that, you know, I think the the clip that has been shown over and over again is about you know ten or twenty seconds. It just looks so exciting, and I haven't seen the musical, even though it did tour here. I didn't get a chance to, so because of that, and I do like a good musical. It's yeah, it's going to be theaters for me. It, like if I could, I mean, I'll probably still just watch it on Netflix, but yeah. it would be theaters in terms of anticipation because Ooh. yeah, I, I've heard it's actually a really, really good musical. Like it's one of the better ones. I think it was originally created by an Australian, like the original Tony Award winning musical and everything is actually created by an Australian comedian called Tim Minchin. So that's really cool. And yeah, like the dance pieces and the choreography and the set pieces just look to be extremely exciting. Plus Emma Thompson. I'm a mad mm-hmm. Emma Thompson stan. So I will I will come whenever she is there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No argument there. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm looking at the filmography for the playwright and the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Nothing. I mean, the director did. Uh, I mean, I think this one had some buzz. 2014 Pride. Like, I think that one had some pretty oh, good Oh, yeah, buzz. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't see it, but... I didn't see it, but I did hear about it. I never got around so, to it. 7.9 on IMDb ain't bad. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I was just wondering, like, is this going to get... Like, I know Netflix sometimes has, like, different... For movies that Netflix releases or produces, sometimes it has different release strategies for international. But, like, I think they really only do that when it's movies that netflix buys the rights to they pretty much only buy the right mm. for the u.s something like mitchell's versus the machines not not movies that netflix funds from start to beginning so um anyway i was just curious because i was like are is your do you even have an option to netflix this in a couple weeks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. We, we we're not we're not, no, we're not I, living no, in caves no i know you have netflix <laughs> but I, but i meant like yeah. Or is this one thing that like Lionsgate made, but they are not confident on mm. theater, so they're sold it to Netflix for the like states' rights, but they're gonna yeah. You know, I think if it's anything, theater. yeah, I think it, like you were saying, I think if it's anything that's like Netflix made, or if it's a big enough release, we will get it at the same time. Actually, 
due to time zones, we tend to get it earlier than you guys. Like it'll drop sure. at midnight or whatever for you guys, but we get it at like 6 p.m. So sometimes, for example, with TV shows, for example, the remake of, or not the remake, the reboot, the spinoff, whatever you want to call it, the sequel of Willow came out the other day, the the hmm. show. Yeah. And it, my TV tracker was like, it's coming out at midnight. And then yeah. it was already available at lunchtime for me to watch. So yeah, if it's I- anything major, we will get it it's just yeah those weird in between ones where sometimes we have to wait like an extra month because apparently it takes too long for the internet to reach us i don't know well they have to put the reel on a boat and then send the boat from hollywood to australia yep. <laughs> yeah exactly and then they, and they have to get distributed yep so yeah um I had a friend uh, that set his xbox like time zone to australia so he could get call of duty warzone 2 early <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> yeah, he's a dweeb. Yeah, no, and I, like I said, I think I think it's for the Netflix original made stuff. I still mm-hmm. think like their release strategy is the same worldwide. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, like I think there's some movies that Netflix buys the rights to that like there are yeah. sometimes where it's like limited streaming and then to Netflix and you're like it's going to Netflix like it, it's just theaters for yeah. us. It's a normal release. So I think that's that's the ones that Netflix buys the rights to. They buy the rights for a U.S. premiere. So cool. I would pick uh, Night at the Museum. That's the one I'm mm-hmm. gonna pick for <laughs> of all the choices left. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick that one. Uh, Night at the Museum, yeah. Common Raw, Rise, uh, Rides Again. This is uh, a Disney Plus exclusive. Um, it'll be streaming December 9th. Honestly, had no idea this was coming out until Wikipedia says. So I was like, okay. Um, and I recently watched all three of these films. Nick Daly hesitates becoming a museum nightman, night watchman, and Common Raw returns to conquer the world. Is Nick Nick is, Nick's the son, yeah. So, because um, he calls him Nicky, because once you hear Ben Stiller say Nicky, you just can't not anymore. Anyway, so he uh, hesitates to become to do that again. Animated should be worth noting. This isn't another live action thing. And let's see, I don't I don't really recognize any of these people. Jack Whitehall seems like a name I should know. Steve Zahn, I like he's him. a British yeah British comedian. Uh, Jack Whitehall, you'd you'd recognize him if you saw a picture. Probably of him. when I'm like, he, I think he may have done another role or something. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's he looks like um shoot Matt Bomer. He looks like that guy. Um, he's discount <laughs> yeah, like Matt a Bomer. Dweeby British. Actually, fun fact, he was in like a seven or eight year relationship with Gemma Chan until recently. Oh, wow. You'd hate you to, to lose her not. right now. <laughs> would not have known. Uh, he's in the after party. I think some people really like that. Mm. Um, Bad education. That one got some decent. He's in Clifford the Bid Rag Dog, you know, 2021's most beloved movie, right? And Jungle Cruise. Oh my anyway. God, I totally forgot about that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jillian Jacobs. Hey, I like her. Zachary Levi. Yeah, there's some pretty good people in this, in this thing. Mm. Yeah, Chris Parnell. I like him. Anyway, Night of the Museum, Common Raw rises again. Why not streaming? Like, why not? This animation style looks fun. I think it could be. I think it could take some like creative steps that like a live action never really could. You know, it could get a little bit more Scooby Doo. And it just really feels like, honestly, if you could go back, I wonder. I mean, I guess the movies did make a good buttload of money, but like. It almost maybe felt like it almost like hindsight feels like maybe animated might have been the better route to go in the first place. But I mean, the, you know, CG was a big drawing point for that. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Why not? I'll see an animated night at the museum. Yeah. And who else? Yeah, I, I'm I probably won't watch it. <laughs> That's fair. Not like to be fair. I didn't even know it existed until like three hours ago. 
Yep. And I watched the trailer and was like, oh, this is a thing. And I was like, well, do they at least have some of the cast members returning? And from what mm-hmm. I saw on IMDb, like, no. But they do have some fun choices. You also got like Zachary Levi's also in there and Steve Zahn and mm-hmm. a few other people that are great. It's just I just can't fit into my time and probably won't bother. Yeah, it's like an hour and 19 minutes. But yeah, I mean, especially during award season, <laughs> you know? Yes. All right, Alice, are yeah. you going to check this out? Yeah, I, I'm probably in the same boat as Alex here. I yeah. also didn't know it existed until about like a week ago when I got hit with the trailer. And I was just like, I, at first, I just I think I just saw the poster and I was like, oh, I, I think I would have been more interested if it had been live action. And it, yeah, would have included some of the cast, like the original cast. Obviously, can't include all of them because Robin Williams, but some of them at least. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. I just it's yeah, it's weird to me. I, I understand why they would have done animation and everything, but it's always weird to me when they change formats, even if this like it's a continued connection of some kind. And I don't know if it's if the reviews are really, really, really good. and Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Then, yeah, maybe I'll check it out. But to be honest, I'll probably yeah. skip past this one and go to something else. <laughs> yeah. Like, to be fair, like, I'm not going to check this out soon, but like, it's mm. one of those like it's on Disney Plus. I'm already paying for Disney Plus. Mm. Why not? You know, if I'm really you know, wife and I just want something like more surface level, you know? Yeah. Sure. Especially yeah, with like a, some of the schedule like that'll a, be coming out, you know, yeah. watching for like a Tuesday night over dinner or something, just something chill. Yeah. Yeah. After we watch 1984, like, all right, I need something. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, Cloverfield and Cloverfield Lane, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not at the museum to, you know, make me feel good about life again. Anyway, yeah, a, a very unenthusiastic streaming for me and a very unenthusiastic not watching for the other two. <laughs> okay, well, time to promote your stuff. Uh, if you guys have heard uh, stuff that you uh, like, comments that you like from Alex and Alice, uh, then uh, maybe you want to hear more of their stuff. Uh, so time to promote some stuff. Alex, let's start with you. Hey, I have a YouTube channel called Alex Reviews and Stuff because I'm not just always reviewing. I'm always talking about stuff as well mm-hmm. when I got time for it. At least. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you like my voice and you like my thoughts, swing by there. Check it out. I hope you like it. Mm-hmm. Alice? Yeah, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's with a friend of mine from work uh, called Clean Slate. Uh, you can just on Instagram, you can just find Clean Slate reviews. Our most recent one was a top 10 crime movies of all time. So we do top 10s. We've done fantasy movies, now crime movies. And our next one is a review of Black Panther. So yeah, a lot nice. of fun. Nice. Uh, you're just stealing the BEC. From- no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... No, it's 10, so it's different. <laughs> oh, there's no honorable mentions. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patreon.com WR for more fun content. Um, yeah, if you're interested in checking out for the Christmas season or for any season. Sif topic time. Uh, gy- nostalgia picks. Um, we have Jack Frost, the 1998 Michael Keaton classic, and Shrek the Third, the 2007 Shrek movie. So Alex picked Shrek the Third. Uh, and I picked the Jack Frost. So, Alice, which one would you like mm-hmm. to start with? Well, let's go in order of which I watched them. So let's go Shrek the Third first. Shrek the Third. Okay. Uh, Shrek the Third 2007 movie. Not really streaming anywhere. I think it might be on Peacock, but I don't think Just Watch like really recognizes that. So, If you're in I... Australia, all the Shrek movies are on Netflix. So There you go. So just, or just <laughs> get a VPN and change your to Netflix. Yeah. I just did a disc to digital thing on Voodoo. Um, cause I could pay $2 for a disc that 
I definitely absolutely own and didn't look up the barcode <laughs> online. Yeah. So that's what I did. Just to Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, uh, Eddie Murphy, Antonio Banderas, Julie Andrew, John Cleese, Rupert Everett, all returning. Eric Idle um, coming in as Merlin. Justin Timberlake as Artie, Arthur. Yeah, and a, and a surprising, you know, good amount of you know, Ian McShane as Captain Hook. John Krasinski as Lancelot. Didn't know that. Fun. Amy Poehler, Snow White. Regis Philman. Oh, man, this is stacked. <laughs> Everybody must have saw Shrek 2 and saw that is the best movie in the entire world. Um, let's hop on board for the next one. And then, and then they were given this movie. So, yeah, yeah Shrek the third. What is your history with the movie? Uh, you know, how many times have you seen it? When was the last time you've seen it? What do you remember thinking about it? Not what you thought about the movie this watch. So I'll kick us off. I saw this movie when it came out. I thought it was terrible. Um, I hated it with all of my being. And, um, it, you know, just because especially because Shrek one and two were so great. And so I never watched it again. And then when Alex picked Shrek and then Shrek 2 and then Puss in Boots, I was like, eventually we're going to have to do third and forever after. So I'm sure one day we'll get to forever after and Puss in Boots, the last wish coming out in like two weeks. But um, that was my history. I watched it two days ago because I had to. So Alice, we'll let Alex go last. So Alice. Yeah, I'm similar in that I watched it when it came out. I would have been, if it was 2007, I would have been 12 or 13 at the time, depending on what month it came out. And I don't even remember how I reacted. I think it, I was just like, yeah, it was a Shrek movie. It definitely wasn't as good as the first or the second, but I think that I was still forming an opinion as to what is and isn't a good movie. And so I enjoyed it enough. There's bits of it I I remember enjoying and then there are bits of it that I was extremely apathetic to and mm -hmm. I have not seen it since then as well so this was yeah I also watched it two days ago and it was also my first watch in you know what like how many how many years like 10 15 13 15 years there you go so yeah yep. <laughs> interesting rewatch Alex so I, yeah, I was about seven when it came out and I watched it for the first time then. And I, I've seen it at least one other time since then. But Shrek the Third is very unique to me because it's the first movie as a kid I remembered. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a fun thought experiment. What is the first movie that you had that reaction to? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, it's just like you guys. Like, I, I watched it for the first time in a lot of years. and was like, I don't remember a lot of this. Just sure. that I didn't like it back in the day. Well, we're going to go in reverse order. Shrek the Third. Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Alex. Uh, I, I, well, I can't speak tonight. I've been working for too long. <laughs> uh, I thought Shrek the Third, I mean Shrek the Third, <laughs> was actually okay this time. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> Alice? Yeah, I would say high side of okay, low side of liked it. Like, it was inoffensive, ironically. If, <laughs> as, as films go, I didn't hate my time watching it, but I also wasn't like, that was the most amazing movie I've ever seen. So, yeah, I'd say more low side of liked it even. Okay. Just firm right in the middle of just okay for me. Mm. Surprised me because I was for sure thinking I was going to go into hate it because that's what I remembered. Now, it... it in comparison, like Shrek one and two are both in the loved it camp, you know, but yeah, like, so, so oh, yeah, each, they're classics. It's, like, it's kind of like, I feel exactly on par with this one as Puss in Boots, like in terms of like how much I enjoyed it, except Puss in Boots was probably a little bit more fun than this one. So yeah, like this is so far my least favorite of the four that we've watched for this mm. podcast. 
not by much because Puss in Boots wasn't great either, but yeah, just just okay. There's some things that really work, and there's things that don't. Um, let's let's get into it. What what do you want to? Where do you want to start off with? Can we start off with the high school place? Yes. Okay. Yes. The so, Worcestershire. Yeah. Worcestershire. I, that was a nice little. Uh, that's what Shrek likes to do. They like to take you know references to real world real world stuff and do like you know they made like their barbecue sauce joke, which I appreciated. Yeah. But then, uh, like, that's where our one of our new main characters gets introduced. And something I realized is that this movie it has a really hard time deciding what the motivations for Justin Timberlake's character is. Because it goes back and forth mm-hmm. so often. <laughs> and he's not interesting. And, like, nope. I get, like, his character is literally supposed to not be interesting. But I don't have a reason to want to root for him or him even be here. There's a nice dynamic with the entire Shrek group. And he just does not fit in whatsoever. Yeah. I think the movie doesn't, it's not even the, the like motivation of Artie. I think it's more like the, the presence of him. Like it just doesn't know what to do with him as a character. It's just, he's such a non-character, which I think is only, you know, uh, emphasized by the fact that he's very clearly not present in the fourth one, even though he supposedly is the king of far, far away. And yeah, and should be a pretty major character. But it's like, for me, it's just the fact that the the story is seemingly rushed in a way, but not like it doesn't, not in a way where I felt like, oh, I, I wanted to see more. It's more that like, I feel like it had this, this one storyline about Shrek and becoming a father and that whole, you know, wrestling with that. And then there's this whole other element with, the, you know, this guy being the king. And then also there's this other third one with Prince, Prince Charming and how he wants to take over and be king. And I just feel like none of them are fully fleshed out. And so it's almost like we got three half plots or three thirded mm-hmm. plots rather than a, a nice solid through line like the first two had. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely more interested in this movie if Fiona's the main character. Mm. Like, I think that would be really interesting. Or why not even Prince Charming? Because, like, I, when he was on screen was the time I cared the most. Because I didn't really buy into the whole Shrek not wanting to be a dad thing. Because, like, it's just kind of, it's there because the movie needs it to be there. You know, we've got mm. no indication of anything otherwise. And, like, the way that it kind of happens is she announces that she's pregnant and he's just like, I can't hear you. Like... Like, yeah. That didn't, didn't that seemed kind of out of character? Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. But well, but you I knew do exactly what the, was going to happen. Like you knew exactly the second yeah. that she's like, "I'm pregnant." You're like, "Oh, I wonder what how this is going to go." It didn't even yeah. have a nice. Uh, like I thought, at least you'd get a nice. Well, not a nice, but there'd be a nice moment of of kind of conflict or. Um, just a moment to kind of show the strength between Shrek and Fiona's relationship sure. where they work through the doubts that he has, but instead he's totally fine with it by the time he catches up with her the next time. And you're just well, like, oh, okay. And there's the really interesting, there's a really interesting like line that w- at the, the, the baby shower where mm. they're just like, if this person's watching the kid, what are we going to do? And they're like, work on your marriage. And she's like, we don't have problems. And everybody else is like, yeah, you do. Like, that have been really interesting to see, like, more of that from Fiona's perspective. You know, more of recognizing problems with their relationship and looking at how they can fix them. And then also, like, be the badass heroine that she, you know, especially there's, there's plenty of moments to like about this film. But by far, my favorite singular moment was when Julie Andrews bashes her head through the wall twice <laughs> the second time and she's just like <laughs> she's all there's like we're yeah. stuck in this wall and she's like all right like all, all the things you could do you know head to a brick wall yeah. great 
And, and then they're See, like, my, there's my still favorite, another wall. Yeah, my, my favorite scene is uh, similar. It's the scene where all the princesses kick ass, like breaking into yep. the, you know, and you've got the Snow White where they literally are using the audio from the original movie, which mm-hmm. the whole time, it did kind of take me out of it because I was like, I wonder how yeah. much that would have cost them. That's all yeah. I could think about was the rights that they must have spent for that bit of the song. But then, you know, it turning into the Led Zeppelin bit and then becoming this cool where they all use their specialty moves as mm-hmm. it were like i i really liked how sleeping beauty just like falls asleep and trips everyone i re- that was my most enjoyable bit by far yeah it was good as far as a favorite moment goes that was going to be my favorite moment was the song turning into immigrant song mm-hmm. but the thing that ruined it for me slightly is that it kicks off and then it immediately switches to Barracuda. And I was so disappointed yeah. because I thought we were about to get a siege scene yeah. where they take over far, far away and that song's blasting. And I was like, just I think Led Zeppelin it. is pretty particular with that song. So I bet you it was in a negotiation yeah. that they could only play less than a certain amount of probably. Yeah. Cause like it was a big deal that Thor Love and Thunder or that Thor Ragnarok got the rights. Mm-hmm. So the um, also runners up for moments of the, of the movie there's a moment which shrek's nightmare about all the babies in the swamp uh had me rolling that was hilarious yeah. nightmare for fuel, me it but was hilarious for me it was the gingy like flashbacks. the, the gingy <laughs> flashbacks were a strong contender and, and then there's also another moment with gingy where he gets surrounded by a bunch of people with spears and then like a gumdrop falls out of his butt yeah. and it's like it's a poop joke but it's a funny poop joke like <laughs> yeah that to be fair that's the part's of shrek that for me have aged the worst are all the like toilet humor and i'm just like oh i remember being a kid and thinking this was so funny and now i'm just like i'm such a jaded adult now (laughs) where i'm just like oh yes toilet joke oh look they farted (laughs) yeah no anytime it's stuff like that like that's like oh yeah naturally i'm honestly surprised we didn't get a baby peas while they're changing the diaper you know and like a stream i'm really surprised we didn't get that but it's funny when it's a little gingerbread man that that poops a gumdrop i think that's hilarious i still do (laughs) yeah 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 for me it was also when when donkey well when uh puss in donkey's body tries to do the eye thing and then they're just like kill it yeah. yeah that was very funny I, I so yeah this movie has lots of really funny moments i just think that the story like they just kind of got lazy with it because the first yeah. one's so nice it's such a you know it's literally just we take the traditional fairy tale and we put it on its head and then the second one kind of builds on that with the idea of expectations and you know mm-hmm. not judging a book by its cover and stuff and then this one just felt like they had to put a story in but they just had a bunch of jokes they wanted to tell yeah that's exactly that's what it feels really, like. Yeah, and that's kind of where it fell for me. Even like Mike Myers' performance at times, I was like, all right, he, you're kind of phoning it in a little bit, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it really feels like the first two movies were planned and intentional and the writers were having fun with it and they were having fun kind of put this new twist on fairy tale stuff. And then, yeah, the third one, they're like, well, where do we go from here? Well, we got to somehow, like, we got to get Shrek to be a dad, like, to be king. And why not also make him a dad? Well, but it really wouldn't be in Shrek's character to want to be a king. He would want to go back mm. to a swamp, right? Like, mm. you know, royalty's not really his thing. And then, you know, it would be. And then, all right, well, cool. Well, let's have a movie where he goes, finds Arthur, and we make a bunch of fart jokes along the way. Like, yeah. Which, and, can, and I, can I say this? This is something that I kept getting, I guess, annoyed. I don't know if that's the right word for it. But I just kept thinking about it the whole time where it's just assumed that they're going to go back and live in their swamp, right? 
And the whole time I'm just like, What's Fiona thinking about this? Like she grew up. In- oh no no, we we don't think about what women want in our <laughs> animated movies. Nope. But yeah, well that's the thing. As a kid, it didn't even occur to me. But then watching it the whole time, I'm like, does she not? Is she fine with going back to the swamp? Like they don't even have a, a conversation about it. He, yeah. She just has to adapt to him. He never ever has to think about adapting mm-hmm. to her. And it's just I don't know. It really rubbed me the wrong way. The whole movie. It did me like, too. Okay. I, I, not yeah. as a you know as a not female. It was just like <laughs> like her mom is still in far far away, right? Mm. Like and surely Arthur needs some sort of like positive male role model. Like and the dad is dead now. So like who's around like and surely he would need wisdom and you know like surely mm. shrek could be of use there like yeah it was it was really fr- and, and yes the whole thing of like this is obviously what shrek wants and fiona's, fiona's just okay leaving her home like yeah the swamp and far and far far away is far far away like yeah. yes i had the same thought mm. well i got kind of good news uh it'll be a while <laughs> before we get to it but from what i remember uh shrek forever after kind of acknowledged that they kept like avoiding you know focusing on fiona during these d- decisions and again yeah. i'll leave you in the dark because you haven't seen that one aaron yeah cool. but i'm from what i remember i was very satisfied with finally how they started giving her a whole lot more attention and finally letting us in on her perspective mm. and uh when we get there I'll, I'll be excited to know if that is still true from what i remember sure yeah that'd be fun yeah I, I, i'm certainly interested in seeing shrek for now because i never saw that one and i think shrek forever after was like still kind of middling reviews but slightly better than shrek the third mm. so it's, like yeah it's the third's definitely the worst one you know by yeah. far because at least again the fourth one has a story it's sure. not the most original story but it is a story and it it is, does have a very clear you know beginning middle and end and and nice character development and everything so yeah I, i'm struggling to think i it, it it just kind of felt like there was also a lot of times where like the movie was like f- five years too late. Right. Mm. Like, cause there's even, even with the body swap thing, like they did that in Scooby-Doo, like, and it was kind of funny then. I mean, it's, it was the most memorable thing for me as a kid, I think as a, again, as a, as a kid, but hi Scotch. <laughs> that one was Simba, but, but yeah, oh, <laughs> Scotch is asleep next to me, <laughs> but the, um, you know, it, it, again, it's just like this. This movie just felt like five years too late on a lot of things. Like, if this was maybe the first Shrek movie, I mean, first of all, Shrek wouldn't have been, been as iconic. But like, would be we would be we bleh, would we be willing to give it a little bit more grace because it still is pretty creative. It still has good moments, but at the end of the day, it's just a eh movie. And so, if if we followed up this movie to something to the likes of the original Shrek and Shrek Two, like, would we yo would we care that much? But it's like. This movie isn't like because one and two are really creative and really fun and really do something fresh with the fairy tale genre. And it's almost like this took the worst parts of the first two movie and just did them again. And also like, hey, let's do other things and pop culture references that are going to be dated in a year. Like, you know, it feels like a lot of leftovers from the first two movies, specifically the second, because they did set up like the villains pub and everything and how yeah. they all mm-hmm. got along. And I appreciated them at least including them because that was a really neat concept from the two when they go to that bar where they all hang out. And uh, Larry King voices uh, the ugly stepsister, RIP Larry King. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it feels like a bunch of leftovers mm-hmm. at least 
when it doesn't yeah, want like to even <laughs> even Rapunzel's turn to evil and everything I just feel like she's such a not I remember her when I first saw it I remember her being so much more of a character and like having m- way more agency and being way more I guess evil and then when I, re- I was like oh she doesn't actually do anything why do I remember her actually being a bad guy <laughs> like that's a whole yeah. character I was like okay I guess Rapunzel's bald that's the joke <laughs> it's just- yeah. Bald people are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm even looking through IMDb's quotes to like mm-hmm. see if there's something. And like, I, no. <laughs> I got a few fun moments that stuck out that I took notes for if you're interested. Sure. Like, uh, like whenever Shrek goes to the high school, the marching band plays All Star. Thought that was a fun little yeah. callback. It's like mm-hmm. half a second, but caught it. Uh, I really love. I, I'm a sucker for every time a movie uses uh, "Joker and the Thief." Oh yeah, mm. I was definitely singing along because I love that song so much. And uh, there's a fun little moment where they're all running through town, just changing stuff. And uh, I don't know what it is, but it's so weird but hilarious when Captain Hook goes up to a little girl, to a woman and her child, and it's like, "There's Peter Pan," and she's like, "It's yeah. not Peter. Shut it, Wendy." <laughs> I thought that yeah, was that funny was, too. That was Funny. And and the also whole villain siege. Yeah, yeah, and then you see that the sign got changed to "Go, go away." It's <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like I want that yeah. sign for my door. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, that was actually a really funny moment. I forgot to mention. She's just like, she's yeah. got the most horrified voice, <laughs> face, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, it, you 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 started off a point, Alex, by saying this kind of feels like leftover bits. Like this really does kind of feel like leftover bits from Shrek one and two, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. at one point there was a scrap subplot of Shrek wanting to like a Fiona being pregnant in Shrek two. And then like, they just scrapped it for time or whatever. Um, and then they're like, Hey, let's revisit, like scrapped it in the writer's room process. And then like, yeah, they, hey, let's do that. And, and we liked Prince charming. Let's bring him back. And let's do the thing. And we got to find an excuse for the villains to come together. And, you know, anyway. Also, another thing that this movie reuses that I picked up on. uh, This is the third Shrek movie that does the it's not what you are, but what you do that really matters kind of meaning at the end. Because they do that with Shrek at the end where it's like, it doesn't matter that you're an ogre. You can still be a good father. And it's they Mm. kind of recycle that for like, it's not the fact that you're an ogre. It's the fact that you can be good. And it. This is the third time they've used that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he makes a speech to all the villains at the (laughs) saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just rips off that and begins. There there was a funny, a a funny moment. Yeah. Where it was like with the trees being like, it's just a bit hard being two trees. (laughs) I was like, ah, that was fun British humor. Another part I really liked was the King's death. I always find that scene very funny because he's so like, oh, I find it funny. I was just like, he just keeps dying, but then he's not dead, and it just keeps going. It's just one of those things. I enjoy it. Yeah, that was one of those that like really did not age well for me. Yeah, I it it, it was it was it was a bad joke back then. It was already overused, and yeah, yeah. I I don't like those jokes in general. Um, there's like a really specific one. Uh, I can't remember what it is right now, but the Deadpool. He does it in Deadpool, I think, too. Yeah. No. Uh, I think he he does do it, but yeah, there's one. I'll think of it later, and I'll like send you guys a message that'll be mm. like, you know, <laughs> it's this one. Yeah, it, it, the message is gonna be at like four ten in the morning, and it's just gonna be like, you know, heavyweights or something like that. Like, yeah, 
I do have one thing to add on that we didn't really talk about a whole mm-hmm. lot, and that's because the movie itself is uninterested in remembering that this is a character, but Merlin is literally here for two seconds just to get yes. characters from one place to another, and that is it. Just the whole like use of the King Arthur legend. I was just like, so yeah. I feel like his what name is Arthur Pendragon. Yeah. I was like, you're not even going to pretend to have a bit with a sword or anything vaguely interesting besides the fact that his name is Arthur and there's a Merlin who had a nervous breakdown. That's it. Really, guys? Come on. Like, I thought, like, okay, this was I when I remember even the first time I watched it, I had the same thought. I thought the big reveal was going to be that Prince Charming is Arthur's dad because they Mm. have very similar character design. And there's that whole character, there's that whole bit when he's looking in the fire and being like, specifically that his dad left him behind. And so I was like, what if, you know, he had a secret affair or something and then he had, because it's his dad that leaves him there. And it's been obviously like, you know, however many years. So could totally be an option. Maybe his mum told him to or something. And then there could have been either a really nice like reconciliation moment because Shrek likes to do that. Or it could have been a, I've, you know, matured past you sort of thing. Like I thought there was going to be a whole thing and then it just didn't. And I was just like, oh, well, you just got, it would have been awkward because, (laughs) yeah, it would have been awkward because like didn't Charming tried to marry Fiona. Yeah. And she, and he's, and he's her cousin. Yeah. But I mean, it's also, you know, Royals, they marry cousins all the time. It's fine. It's true. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. That's true. Um, totally out of anything positive or negative I just, this movie's just so forgettable like that's its biggest mm. problem so yeah yeah anyway agreed there was shrek the third <laughs> would you recommend anybody check it out if so who and yeah i think that's the only qu- i don't know it's the end of nostalgia i don't have to do this anymore uh, <laughs> after this week <laughs> but yeah would you would you recommend somebody check this out if who i'm just gonna say no nobody should see this movie watch shrek one watch shrek two if you're feeling frisky puss in boots is an okay time but lower your expectations and just skip this one you're fine yeah i mean i would i'm a completionist so if you are too it's like i said it's not offensive you can it's only an hour and a half it's not nothing crazy but don't go out of your way to see it that's for sure but if you have nothing else and you've seen the first two and you're curious then why not? You know, nothing bad's going to happen if you watch it. (laughs) Same here. You said that now something bad is going to happen to somebody watching Shrek the third and they're going to blame you. (laughs) Uh, Yep. Uh, That is not a legally binding declaration. (laughs) (laughs) All because I watched Shrek the third. Then, you know, I lost a winning lottery ticket and my wife left me and took the kids. And (laughs) every day has been been hell ever since I watched Shrek the third because Alice said nothing bad would happen. (laughs) Alice Trevor McKelly holds no responsibility for anything that happens after you watch Shrek the third. Yeah, if you're a completionist, check it out. But no, you're good. You got better things to watch out there. I, I guarantee it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we get to Jack Frost, 1998 film. Uh, mm-hmm. Worth specifying because I realized, like, oh yeah, no, I should specify this because there was a 1997 horror film called Jack Frost. Yeah. So I did assume this one until you clarified, and then I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I didn't realize that. I didn't even yeah. realize the other one existed. So. I just only remembered existing because um, Shannon yeah. and Elizabeth is in it. Yeah, sure. And I had a crush on her back in the day because who didn't, you know? 
So IMDb credits, you know, let's see. Jack Frost, 1998 film, a father who can't keep his promises is killed in a car accident. One year later, he returns as a snowman who has a final chance to put things right with the sun before he is gone forever. I picked this movie. So I want to hear your guys' history with this one. Same thing. Um, Alex, let's start with you. I've never seen it before. Never heard of it before. This is a whole first going. Yeah, this was completely blind. I didn't even look up the description. It was just like, let's do it. Nice. Uh, Alice? Yeah, I did watch it as a kid and I remember, I remembered pretty much, I mean, I I remembered kind of what happened in it, but I didn't remember the specifics. And I just remember at the time when I was a young child being kind of horrified by the snowman design, but I am an adult now and I'm fine. I will be able to sleep tonight. It's not a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, I, I remember enjoying it as much as any other Christmas movie. It wasn't, it never became one of my favorites. It's like, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So I haven't rewatched it every Christmas season or anything like that. Um, but this one was actually, yeah, quite interesting to rewatch. Yeah. I watched this movie a bunch as a kid. Look, I'm willing to say, I think I probably most recognized Michael Keaton from Batman, but like, it was pretty close to this. I probably seen this movie more than I had the 1980, whatever Batman. Mm. Cause I didn't watch Batman Returns until I was adult. 89. There you go. So I like, I would I, I would have identified him probably more more with this as a kid, but that makes sense as a kid. I've definitely seen this movie more than I have Batman, um, and I've seen that movie a lot. So um, I don't think I'd seen it for like 15 years. And so I watched it like five years ago. I was feeling nostalgic one day before the podcast existed and I checked it out and I remember really not liking it then. Um, and I've just been in a mood to watch it again recently. It's Christmas time and why not? So. It was just Alice and then Alex and then Alice hopped on because we had scheduling issues. Um, so I was mm. like, you know what? Now we need a second movie. I'm throwing in Jack Frost. So, yeah, lots of history with this one. Been a while since I've seen it. Like I said, I saw it maybe five years ago. I remember not liking it, but we'll do the same thing. We'll go in reverse order. Did you like it? Love it? Hate it? Dislike it? Think it's just OK. Guys, I am 100 percent positive. This is going to be the nostalgia talking. I like it like firm, like middle to low end of like it. Like it's, it's far from great, but like, I think there's some really good stuff in here. Alice. Yeah. For me, it was probably, I'm, I'm trying to say, am I, am I just okay? Is it like it? Where am I landing? Cause I literally watched this movie, you know, maybe four hours ago. <laughs> so yeah. it's still very fresh in the brain. I will say I will end up on, yeah, just low end of liked it. I think. Yeah. Just okay. liked it. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, I'm same area. Low end, oh, nice. like it. it. It's it's all right. Yeah, I looked at four five point four on IMDb, a nineteen percent on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, really like, low. I wonder if they think it's too schmaltzy. I'm I'm not. Why is it? It's not maybe. that bad. I don't know why. No, it's it's, so it's nowhere near as bad as either of those scores suggest. But it's not. I'm not trying to say this is a good movie. I'm I, I definitely enjoy this movie more. From my wife, really did not like this movie. She's just like, it's cliched and it's, you know, cheesy as hell. And I'm like, but isn't that stuff you normally really like? Isn't but so that's I think she, the point of Christmas movies. <laughs> she look, she didn't really want to watch it. It was we had mm. to watch Shrek the Third and Jack Frost, and she really wanted to watch Shrek the Third. And I was like, Well, we have time for one tonight and one tomorrow. Mm. I I'm feeling more Jack Frost. Is that fine? And she's like, Okay. So I think she like just was in a not really wanting to like it anyway kind of mood. But I think there's some really good stuff in here and there's some really bad stuff. And I, w- I think all of it is worth talking about. Let's see. 
I want to start with the good stuff. Um, also, by the way, um, Alice, your um, Chris, your snowman giving you nightmares. I was reading the IMDb trivia. Listen to the list of people that were considered for this role or even offered the role before Michael. Yeah, Keaton I read through it, it too. I read it too. Yeah, it was so bizarre, honestly. So but please go ahead. George Clooney <laughs> was originally attached to the problem project, and so. <laughs> The animatronic was meant for George Clooney's facial structure, not Michael Keaton's. Makes a lot of mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Sam Raimi was once attached as the film's director. I was like, that would have been a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell, Billy Bob Thornton, Dennis Quaid, Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, Tim Allen. Um, those were all considered as Jack Frost. Vincent D'Onofrio was considered for Mac. Renee Zellweger was considered for Gabby. Jake Lloyd was considered for Charlie. That's, man, yeah, what a yeah. list. I do think out of all the actors I mentioned, I definitely don't want to see Jake Lloyd in this movie. I think Charlie does fine. He's serviceable mm. for late 90s kid actor, you know? Yeah. He's fine. He's not good. He's not bad. And I think, oh, oh, but the weirdest thing too is if when you've seen this kid in like grown up life and you're like, oh, crap, that's this kid. Joseph Cross is the kid's name. And he is in things recently like he's become a big name the kid that played charlie because he's in is he he's in lincoln a little bit uh he's what? in he's in my he's in mind hunter uh what? he's in two episodes of mind hunter he's in mank yeah he's matthew he's mank. from licorice oh, pizza yeah. i recognize his face he's like one mm-hmm. of those that he's th- one of the that guy type yeah actors yeah, yeah and yeah. it's the kid for the yeah he's he's john hay from lincoln so i think a very small role but yeah he's he's in licorice pizza i think he's he's the boyfriend of the political person right in licorice pizza mm-hmm. can't remember don't remember who he was in make but he's somebody in make he's in devotion which comes out which came out this weekend this past weekend mm. yeah he was two episodes of mind hunter milk that was a mm-hmm. semi big hit flags of our fathers he Big Little was Lies. In an episode of Smallville. Yeah, like decent filmography for this kid. Mm. Anyway, all those names. Oh, I would rather have Michael Keaton in this role. I think Michael Keaton brings a sort of like whimsical fun to this role. Like I believe that he would be like the front man to this like rock band. You know, I I couldn't see Clooney in this role. I couldn't see Mel Gibson in this role. At least not. It, it wouldn't have the same charm that it would. I mean, I, I guess I could see them in it, but it would. Keaton is the best choice for this role. Out of any of them, Kurt Russell mm. would be terrible. Costner would be bad. Dennis Quaid would be the worst. Eh, Billy Bob Thornton would be the worst. Like <laughs> Keaton's fine in this role. Tim Allen would have done okay. It probably yeah. would have been a little bit more like of a comedy than you know because Michael. But I'm Keaton glad that he's some dramatic Santa. Moments. I'm glad he's Santa. I feel like he might not have done Santa Claus if if it wasn't. And I'd rather he be in that one. I mean, this came out after the Santa Claus. Oh, did it? Okay, never mind. Ninety-eight. The Santa Claus was like ninety-five, wasn't it? Was it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, 94 or 95. Oh, wow. It's just yeah, the sequels took a while to make. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 94 was why. the Santa Claus, yeah. and then 2002 and 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is a long break. Yeah. He, um, he didn't do Jack Frost because he was on the final season of Home Improvement. So anyway, I really like Michael Keaton in this role. I think he brings a good mm. good amount. Kelly Preston is, is single in mom the in the movie. She's in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does her role serviceably um i remember liking mac a lot more but also thinking he had a bigger role mm. I, I just like this ask this actor a lot so yeah i have a bit of an interesting thought process that i had so obviously in the movie 
the whole point is that he never had time for his family as a human and now so now he's got a chance to as a you know snowman and generally in that like it's very obvious the gap that the person is creating while they're human toward their family and the hurt they're causing. And I don't know if maybe because I'm an adult now or sensibilities have changed, I'm not quite sure, but I was watching, you know, the part that's meant to make you be like, oh, he doesn't care about his family at all, blah, blah, blah. That's meant to make you want to him to have this kind of epiphany later on. But I don't know. I was watching the first half of this movie where he's being the dad and doing the music career and whatever, and I'm just like, I don't really... I don't really see what's so bad about his parenting <laughs> and is like he he's when he's with his family he seems to be with his family like yes. his wife even says that she knows what she was getting into and he yes. takes yes. the time to really focus on his child and his and then it's like oh, yeah okay yeah it sucks that he's been called away on Christmas but it's not like it's just any other call. This would be the chance for him to actually achieve for his family and, and get a recording deal. And he still makes the correct choice. He still decides to cancel that big chance and go home. And so I'm like, does he really need to? Man, calling it the correct choice is even a stretch. Because like, well, you know, you know what it, I mean? Like the, the yes, more he still makes the choice that, choice that they yeah. want us to make, right? Like, yeah, you're yeah. Right. He, when he's with his family, he's with his family. The problem is he makes a promise to go to a hockey game and then doesn't show One up. Promise. Guess what? Like, yeah, like <laughs> it, well, they does... make it seem like it's a recurring thing, which. Yeah, but even then he does get go like, I'm recording. I might be late. And he goes like, I'll. I'll try, mate. Like, it, it didn't seem like a, come on, dad. Like, it wasn't even a moment of like, come on, dad, I've never asked you. I just want you to, it wasn't even that big of a deal. It was just, right. I didn't even realize it was a big deal game beyond like, oh, it's our rivals or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'll When they I'll got cry. crossed, eight to zero. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, know. is it that big of a deal? Like, so much so you're going to give back the harmonica and it was such a big moment. And then I, to be honest, I was more on Michael Keaton's side when he, you know, is like big deal Christmas, you know, yes, it's Christmas day, but this is a huge opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And then the kid gives back the harmonica then. I'm like, you are so ungrateful. I'm sorry. I just, right. so I don't know. That was just a whole thing I had where I'm like, I feel like I'm not getting the message I'm meant to be getting right now. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, they don't make him a bad dad. Like, mm. you know, he, I needed to see him be gone more or I needed to see him, be more distant from his family when he was with them right like yeah you know that's the i totally agree with you because when 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 they're together they're all great they're all fine mm. and then and then he's just gone like two times and that's like oh he's always gone and it's like you realize how like upper class white family you sound right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and like it's not even like he always brings them home gifts, clearly, because both mm-hmm. of them are like, What'd you get me this time? And he it's not like he forgot, you know, it's like the only things he forgot were to fix a sink and this one game because he was working like Because he was a- about to have a big breakthrough to be to get a record deal for a band. Yeah, exactly. Like and by I'm a big like, time producer. I don't know if you guys, I feel like the, the mum and the son were the being, the, you know, the bad ones in this scenario. I'm like, you should support him in this moment. He's about to get a huge break. And, and he's still, you know, really. And even then, like when he's trying to teach him the J shot, he's literally on the way to work. And he's like, no, you need to teach it to me now. And it's like, he's got to go to the studio. They probably only have an allotted time. 
he will teach you later. And studio it's time not is expensive. Exactly. And I'm just like, he will teach you later. My God. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Jay shot, I have issues with mm-hmm. this because he I makes just- it to sound like this thing that nobody has ever thought of before. And as somebody who watches hockey a lot, <laughs> it's a toe drag into a wrist shot. It's a very, very common move. It's a toe drag into a wrist shot. There's nothing special. It's the quite literally like the most basic shot you could make in hockey. <laughs> no, I it's a magic shot, Aaron. I don't know if you, it, it <laughs> always wins the game. <laughs> well, I, you slow down your speed. You drag. You pull the puck back a little bit. And then just a quick wrister. That's all it is. Hate it. Okay. <laughs> My very first note is I would absolutely 100% listen to Michael Keaton's rock band. I like their sound. Mm. Like their Frosty the Snowman cover in the beginning. I like it. And then the song that they play um, like during the montage of uh, like the hockey game. I like that mm. energy. I like the sound. I like the like, it's almost a little bit like bluesy because like you've got the harmonica and even like some brass instruments in there. And, but like, it's still very much like a rock vibe. Like, mm. you know, it's almost got like, um, yeah. Or maybe like, oh, I'm thinking like um, that, that scene, this is going to be a really odd reference, but like that scene in um, blues brothers, 2000, where they sing ghost riders in the sky with the people with a really long beard. Mm. Like, like that kind of energy. I, I would absolutely listen to this band. Uh, I liked the song from the montage and the frost. Like, yeah, they fan. were actually really, really decent songs. I was like, oh, and that, which is another reason why I was like, no, he's a good musician. <laughs> Let him be yeah. a musician. He ha- <laughs> Just this band has the talent to make it. You know, I would buy that record. <laughs> yeah, but also like in that. <laughs> In that intro scene with them playing Frosty the Snowman, this I movie know. absolutely 100% rips off Back to the Future. Because there's that guy on the cell phone, and he's like, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. And like, it's not direct, so you know it's not a callback to Back to the Future. Like, it's just yeah. different enough where you're like, they're doing a Back to the Future without being meta. Like, yeah. it was. I'm not going to let you get away with that movie. Yeah, um. <laughs> I always think about that. I always think about those moments, though, when they do that in movies where it's like, listen to this. And I'm like, imagining listening to that on an old 90s phone where it'd be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just completely too oh, yeah. hot or too grainy. And you'd hear all the people cheering around them. And I'm just imagining this exec being like, did you okay. just open up the cabinet of Tupperware <laughs> in the kitchen yeah. and then it all came crashing out? Yeah, That's what I heard. Exactly. exactly. I will say in terms of positive, something I actually did mm-hmm. like that the movie didn't do. I often feel when there's these type of movies where it's like the spouse died and now they're back a year later or whatever. There's always the storyline where the love interest or the wife or the husband or whoever was left behind is now Mm -hmm. exploring a new relationship or has already gotten to the point of potentially like becoming engaged or something. And I always just feel like obviously that's always just smudged in there or shoved in there rather so that there's some weird tension between the old ghost person and then the, the new person. And then I always am just like, it's only been a year and this was yep. the supposed love of your life. Like I just, I'm not saying she'll never find love again. I just always feel yeah, it's very yeah. strange, especially because often in movies it's like the best friend. And I'm just like, okay, that's yeah, it, that's weird to me. So there I'm, wasn't I was even waiting. like a, 
Yeah. There wasn't even like a hint of that. And like Yeah. But Mac but Mac seems to be still supportive, just not yeah. supportive. Yeah, in exactly. That way. You don't have to like have it be a love interest. Yeah, it can just be a friend. It was so it felt more in reality, like that's well, what would happen. They're both great. And her going out to do some Christmas shopping, especially when she said she has already done, maybe that's a cover for dating, but like it's not obvious, you know? Mm. So either way, yes, you're right. There's no like I've moved on and I'm remarried and <laughs> I feel bad, you know, or like, you know, I've started seeing this guy like you out of all the people you start. Yeah, you're right. They they don't do that. And it's refreshing. Hmm. The whole the whole um, Jack choosing not to reveal himself to his wife made no sense to me. Yeah, me too. Like, I get I've... that. Yes, it's ludicrous. You're a snowman now. But like you convinced Charlie. Right. And it took a while out of convincing. But now Charlie's convinced like you can convince Gabby, too. Like, yeah. and it would be much easier, you know, having to sneak him than having to sneak him around the house and wondering why Charlie's so weird. Like, it didn't, it was, I, I don't understand why he didn't say anything. If you, Alice, if you were Gabby in this situation and you only, you found out later that the snowman that your son was hanging out with was your deceased husband and you pissed. only got a glimpse of him at the very <laughs> end. <laughs> I'd be You'd be pissed. livid, right? <laughs> I'd be like, what? As if, why? I just don't understand why you wouldn't want to spend more time with, again, the love of your life. Just because you're a snowman. Like, okay, yeah, it, you're not going to get to do fun stuff in the bedroom, but you can spend time together. You can have conversations. You can fix the sink. <laughs> you, yeah, you can make, you can at least not think that your son's slowly going insane. Like. <laughs> You can have some closure, right? You can be yeah. like, look, I really wanted to, to get to the cabin with you guys. And like, I'm yeah. sorry. And I well, really regret everything. Okay, like, That was a whole thing where I was like, oh, there's going to be, you know, that's the thing he had to come back and say is that he chose them, but he never made it. And I mean, I, at mean least, I assume the friend would have told them after yeah. he died or something, but that would have been a nice moment of like, I was, I wanted, I just wanted to be with you on Christmas day because that's what I was trying to do. And then be like, I know that's what you were trying to do. It could have been really nice. And instead it was just yeah. like, I need to go now for no reason. <laughs> she, okay. she oh. gets the equivalent of a peck on the cheek and a <laughs> bye. I got to give a long winded goodbye to the kid who I've been spending all my time with again. Yeah. And if I was Gabby, I'd have been like, hold on, you get back here. You turn back into snowman form right now. And I'm going to frosty <laughs> your butt with a hairdryer. Like, yeah, like. Like, I'm like, no, 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 no. You kept this a secret from me. Like, I'm yeah, going to push you I'd down that like, hill. Like, you can spend an extra week. It's fine. You, it's still cold. You can live up here. We'll spend the week here. And then you yeah, can it's disappear cold into there. snow. Why? He doesn't have to disappear. But, yeah. Look, we'll there's get, no reason. I, there's no reason for I any of the magic. Get here at some point. But, like, yeah. the, the whole last, like, as soon it, as it, it says, like, it's starting to get warm. Like, this movie just rushes towards... We mm. got to wrap up somehow. Like he barely becomes a snowman, barely convinces Charlie. And then he's like, all right, now how do we get him back? Like heat wave, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and then Charlie's going to steal him and run away with him to the mountain. I, which I did really love the, 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 the police scene where he's like, he ran away with the snowman. He's like, can you be more descriptive? Like, yeah. he's like, I'm just trying to do my job. He's five foot eight. He's white. Yeah. <laughs> Like uh, <laughs> Caucasian, got it. <laughs> yeah. If you had to assume uh, an age, <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole ending, just yeah, it's I don't. Yeah, I definitely didn't understand why why he didn't reveal to the wife. But I want to get back because I I like the soundtrack of this movie too. Like not just the original music, 
but like in general, like it was good vibes. I mean, again, maybe it was the nostalgia hitting me, but like very reminiscent of like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. Like it was kind of like my vibe and I dug it. Mm. Something else that was my vibe and I dug it. The snowball fight at the beginning that is like essentially like trying to recreate, you know, D-Day or something like that. It's so serious and I love it. It's way too serious. And I love yeah. it. I like that where it's like, remember what we were learning in history? And they were just like, no. <laughs> that was a nice, it was a nice moment. Yeah, I agree. I think there was potential at the beginning and then it just, yeah, just kind of rushed through the entire like point of the plot. I mean, even the bit where he's just walking around town when he's first yeah. turned into a snowman, I'm like, you're just walking around town and then yeah. nothing happens. <laughs> I'm the just, movie there's... is, the movie is pretty good. Until he starts interacting with his kid again. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Alex, yeah. you've been pretty quiet. Let's hear some stuff. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to say much because you guys were taking everything out of my mouth. That, like, I, like, you said it better than I could. Really. I do have a few notes here. Like, uh, in the beginning of the movie where I want to say Jack Nicholson, but it's not Jack Nicholson. It's Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he's human form uh, and he's having conversations with his son, I like how about 80% of him in human form when they're talking it's like mm. jokes back and forth it's not a serious conversation <laughs> until yeah. later on when it's getting closer to him dying i thought that was pretty funny there was some genuine funny moments in yeah. this like there's mm. the there's the whole like when when he's then the kid's trying to explain it he's like i blew into the harmonica i thought you were just kidding he's like i thought i did too like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just made it up like oh that was pretty good to me you know and then you also got uh i thought the cgi mixed with practical effects and they were do like doing a mix of both typically mm. worked out more than the times that it didn't but also there are those few moments that are like ah that's this is a 20 year old movie. yeah yeah <laughs> and uh there it's a small easter egg i like to point out these easter eggs uh while flipping through the channels the star wars holiday special plays for half a second <laughs> so that was a pretty yeah. fun little thing and uh like, like i said like i liked it it's it's a perfectly fine movie uh, this is my first time seeing it of course i didn't even know it existed yesterday it also put me on uh, the fact that I don't really watch many Michael Keaton movies. I need to fix that soon. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm glad I'm starting at least here. But yeah, it's charming. It's nice. I don't know how often I'll revisit it, but yeah. I, I didn't enjoy my time with it. So. I have two more notes. Two quotes that I, I loved during the snowball fight. Where, because there's the first snowball fight where kids all you know, yeah. happy because the last day of school and he has a dad that's alive. And then the second snowball <laughs> fight where he's sad about that a year later. <laughs> but in this, in the second one where, where he, where the, where he starts like throwing snowballs from over mm. a ridge and doing that, like I am the wizard of blizzard is just yeah. a great line. Uh, and then also like, man, this is the perfect example of a terrible line that I love, but snow dad's better than no dad. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a dad joke. Terrible line. It was a, it was a dad it. joke. Yeah. It was a dad joke done by the by the bully, bully turned friend. <laughs> mm -hmm. For no reason. Um, especially yeah. after he just beat him at a hockey game, you know. Yep. But no, I, um, yeah, it, 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 maybe to expound, like this movie just kind of like wraps up. Like I, it, it had a lot more buildup than I thought. Like I thought I remembered him dying significantly sooner, but like it's like yeah, halfway same. through the movie. Yeah. It's pretty long into it. And then. I'd imagine Michael Keaton was like, 
I I don't want to be in the movie unless I'm in a good chunk of the movie, not in snowman form. <laughs> or more likely, the studio wasn't going to pay for Michael Keaton for 20 minutes, you know? Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, probably a combination of the both. But yeah, I I just thought I remember him dying a little sooner. And, mm. you know, and then, but, but like, I was surprised it took so long. But then it was also like, it was almost sad because I was like the movie better before Michael Keaton was dead. Not because he was still alive, but because the movie was better. <laughs> the movie like, was better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sure, because he was alive, but the movie was just was just better. It just it just seemed to get progressively worse because you could tell. I like to play this thought experiment with with movies where what is the single first idea that started this this script? Like, what is this the the singular moment that somebody mm. thought of in order to make what was the a yeah movie? what was the elevator pitch that kind of helped develop it? Well, even even like simpler than that, like what mm. was the very first idea that sparked this mm. movie? So you know, for example, like Crazy Stupid Love, it might be like the picnic scene. You know, yeah. You craft well, I recently that and found then you craft out. Around. Yeah, I recently found out that that moment for Promising Young Woman, because I was watching the special features recently, was the scene at the beginning where she says where she's in Adam Brody's apartment and she goes, yeah. you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then she is alert and goes, I said, what are you doing? Like that was yeah. the moment that Emerald Fennel thought of where the whole movie came from. So yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's like a great example. So like for this movie, the thought was, what if a kid's dad was resurrected as a snowman? <laughs> and so maybe, and maybe Jack that Frost. scene, <laughs> right. Maybe the scene is the snowboarding scene, right. Mm. Um, or, or maybe it's, the hockey scene right either way it's something super simple and like all right well cool we got to set up you know the we got to do all the setup and we got to do all the re- wrapping up but like they they don't care about any of the wrapping up things because setup was easy mm. enough to do you know um and apparently they failed that according to us but but yeah like the it doesn't know what it wants to do because it doesn't feel like he's a snowman for very long i also thought he was yeah. as a snowman longer so yeah he's, he's barely in it he's enough to 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 do a snowball fight to 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 do some downhill sledding to escape from the bad guys to miss another hockey game and then <laughs> they made it yeah. a really big deal to get him up to that mountain so he wouldn't melt and like as soon as they get him up there he's just gone anyways yeah, yeah. i was like you might as well have just gone home <laughs> well and like man are we look i have lived a life that i'm content with for mm-hmm. the most part but if i died suddenly today and came back a year from now I want to talk to a lot more people like yeah even just to say one thing like well what yeah, I get like I won't get to talk to every single person but yeah, yeah like why don't we get a moment with Mac you know yeah Mac at least deserves a moment and I will I certainly I would want a little bit more time with my wife you know you know to to get to to help you know close some loose ends you know by the mm. way the password to that one account was this you know like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> password to Netflix is whatever you know like yeah it's it's just one of those it's so the movie is so in, uninterested in actually wrapping it up nicely yeah. with a bow. I think the movie's overly simplistic which allows for, you know, not everything needs to be explained, but I think that they went a little too far in in that direction and it just kind of left you being like, okay, but nothing's been explained. And right. so it just kind of leaves you it almost felt more like I was watching a TV special than a movie. You know, that was basically kind of yeah, how I fair. felt by the end of it. Yeah. It's, I don't know how often I'll revisit this movie, but mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed it. Like, it'll still, it'll be a nostalgia trip for me every now and then. But like, I would genuinely be interested if somebody was like, 
I want to make this movie, but do it better, you know? Yeah, this would be an interesting one to remake. I think that there's so much more you could explore with the music stuff and the family stuff. If you actually, like, I just keep thinking, you know, there are examples of people that have strange things that happen to them and they learn as a result of it. And it it actually makes sense. Like, for example, I'm thinking, you know, like Liar Liar or Family Man, yeah. things like that. And they are genuinely terrible people before they they learn their lesson. While I just think that there's so much you could do there. You could add in more music. Like you could have a moment where the band needs a singer and he has to do it as a snowman and they have to pretend that he's like yeah. someone in a costume Why or something. Not- yes. Yes. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. I could even see like, you know, a six episode Disney plus series or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like- I would be genuinely interested if the, if somebody wanted to do this, you know, but also like, yeah, again, it just not for the sake of remaking it, but just like, yeah, you know, I th- I think there's some, I think there's some great stuff in here. And unfortunately, it's just in a movie that is fun sometimes. Mm. It never really hits on the emotional levels it wants to, but it's, it's a fun most of the time. And it's a, like, like you said for Shrek the Third, it's harmless, you know, mm. I do have one final note about the movie and that's. I had a friend in high school. We're still friends. And he would tear up every single time he heard Landslide. Um, the uh, song. Yep. And look, I don't know if he's ever seen this movie, but like I associate that song with this movie. And it's a it's 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 already a very moving song. Um, I think it's the 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 Dixie Chicks version. I know they're the chicks now, but they weren't mm. the Dixie Chicks back then. Like, I think it's their version in this movie because um, the original is Fleetwood Mac. I thought it was the Fleetwood Mac version. It might be. I don't know. I will find out while you just say your your note. Either, either way, like it's our both. I like both versions of the song, but I think it's it's already a powerful song on its own. But I associate it with the memory of him, you know, building the snowman after his dad dying, and so you know that that it's one of those like you have a song attached to a memory that you know elevates your experience, and that's maybe the only time in the movie that the emotions. Mm. you know it's the fleetwood mac version fleetwood mac okay cool that's fine like i said they're both good the funny thing about the use of this song i'm not sure if this is what it was parodying but because this is my first time watching it uh i recognize that uh there's a south park episode where stan learns that everything is crap as he's growing up like his music sounds literally like crap the movies he watched turns to crap and then he has a montage where his like parents are fighting and he's sad outside and like he's trying to live his life and it's like slow motion. This song is playing and copying a lot of the same shot because of the snow stuff. And I feel like this that was a parody. Sure, maybe. Might have been. I don't know. Um let's see. I don't have any more notes. Does anybody else? Nope. Okay. Who who, if anybody, are you recommending this movie? Alex? Uh, anybody who's nostalgic for a good 90s, you know, Christmas movie, it's harmless. I'll say that and I'll mean it. It's harmless. Nothing bad's going to happen to you while you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's like, I don't care to revisit it, but also it's perfect for that category. You can slump it in with the, you know, your Santa Claus and other stuff Mm. like that. Sure. Alice? Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, If you're, you know, it's Christmas time, you've gone through your favorites or you're saving them for something else and you're in the mood for like schmaltzy, like magical realism Christmas movie with Mike. I was about to say Michael Douglas, which is his real name, but Michael Keaton. Um, Then, yeah, basically, if it's Christmas time and you're, you're in the mood for it and there's nothing else you're really wanting to see, I'd say this is perfectly fine to watch around that time. 
Yeah, I'd say if you're nostalgic for it, um, lower your expectations, um, lower how how good you thought the movie was, and you should enjoy this. Um, if you've never seen it, why not? You know, yeah. especially if you have kids. Why? Like that's kind of like you. You're. I don't think you're actually gonna not like this movie. I mean, Alex never saw it, and he wound up liking it. And my wife didn't like it, but like I said, I think she was determined to not like it as soon as I started it. So, did yeah. she like Shrek the Third? I don't know. I didn't ask her. She <laughs> she seemed to laugh at more of the moments I did. I was playing the role of her, whereas I was on the couch like catching up on Twitter. And then she was like, "Are you paying attention?" And <laughs> normally, it's the exact opposite. I'm like, "What happened?" I'm sure I could have saw it coming. So, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'd say. We did it. We did uh, the very, like, last, for now, nostalgia episode. Um, So, we will move on to our Mm B-plot. Movies that don't need sequels but do need spinoffs. We've each come with five. We're not doing this best ever challenge style. We're just going to give some. So, we'll each give one and then we'll each give one whatnot, you know. So, Mm -hmm. Alex, why don't you kick us off? Sweet, uh, I will. Uh, so I finally got around to watching Bullet Train, mm. and I feel like if anybody deserves a spinoff from that movie, it is Lemon and Tangerine, played by Aaron Taylor yes. Johnson and Brian Tyree. I love this pick. This was literally going to be so one of my fun. picks. This was literally, and then I was, yeah. I decided oh. to go in another direction. So I'm so glad you've chosen it. Yeah. No, this they is a great so, pick. All right, thanks. They are so much fun together. And yeah. Every time they're on screen, I was just super excited to see more of them interact and with the rest of the cast because they have that great moment yeah. with especially the back and forth with, uh, oh, my God, Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played Percy Jackson back in the day. What's his oh, name? Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Yeah, like their whole introduction scene with him. It's just it's a good time and fun cutbacks. And I want to see those cutbacks get oh. turned in the actual movies. Oh, bye, Alex. <laughs> he'll probably and he's back <laughs> oh i'm sorry what happened <laughs> yeah the flashback stuff like i want to see each of those flashbacks adapted into movies hmm. sure the the scene where he like uses the thomas the tank engine to identify yeah. the is brilliant i love bullet train uh i need to see that again that's a great pick yeah I would like to go in the middle. This is the one that I've said publicly before. It, it is a shame that it has not happened yet, but the Bill Hader and Seth Rogen cops from Superbad need their own movie. Mm, that's a great one. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I, I don't look, I would like to see the, the continued adventures of Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah and McLovin, but it would be so easy. And especially like, I would love to see like an HBO 30 minute, directed by Danny McBride, you know, or created by Danny McBride, like a Vice Principals or Eastbounds and Down kind of vibe. Like, I would love to see that. So, mm. easy nice. pick for me. Alice? Mine is uh, my first one. I'm going to go with About Time. I think it would be really nice to see Bill, the dad, Bill Nye's uh, story when hmm. he gets his powers. And, you know, it can be set in like the 70s and in England and kind of it'd be really nice to see how he adapted to the powers because when, you know, the son asks him, what did you do with your time? And he's like, I just read everything. And I think that there's definitely a possibility there where he's saying that to just be safe. And he did like, he probably did more and then ended up just like his son kind of uses it as, or figures out what the secret is. Like he ends up finding the secret and using it in more of a wholesome way. And so I think there would be a really cool, like stylistic story there. Sure. I did think about about time, but I couldn't come up with like a good enough. Mm. The best I got was like, 
what if it was one of his kids? But that's a sequel. Um, but I, I thought what would be interesting is if maybe his daughter got it because it would be the first time a girl ever got because they say the men in our family. So, yeah. yeah. And the girls don't know. So, Alex? Oh, yeah. The, for the next one, like I said, it was a bit of a stretch because it's a movie from a TV show. Of course, Doctor Who. And they had a movie in 96 mm. featuring an iconic villain known as the Master, who is basically, uh, at least in my eyes, is the arch nemesis of the Doctor. Grew up with them. They have a history together. And as they get older and spend hundreds of years together, the Master's always trying to take over the world. And they have a lot of fun with the different incarnations because, you know, you regenerate in this world if you're a Time Lord, which is what he is. And they've had fun with that. And I also really love this version as well, Eric Roberts, because it's the first time we ever had an American Master. So he's kind of like the Terminator, but also flamboyant at the same time. It's it's a fun thing. You got to really see it. Uh, to know what I'm talking about, but sure. If it wasn't him, also you like the best part, regeneration. You can literally cast any actor, and it's kind of like a Loki situation. You know, it's basically a Loki traveling through time, causing destruction, or finally realizing I want to be good, which I think would be entertaining. Sure. All right, let's do this. Uh, I'm gonna go with Palm Springs. That was another one I thought about. <laughs> nice. The I want to see the J.K. Simmons character. Hmm. Because I think he has the best scene in the movie because it's the scene where um, he shows up. I think his name is Niles in the movie. The Andy Samberg is Niles. He shows up and he's just like, you stopped like coming after me. And he he has the scene where he's just like, there's my daughter in the grass watering dog shit. And like, it's this really funny moment. But he's like, but I learned to enjoy like, I know exactly what's going to happen today. And it's just another day. But there's beauty in that. Um, and I've stopped being angry at you because I get to spend significantly more time with my family because of this. You know, I think he's a fun character. I would love to see a continuation of his story, but from his perspective. So no Niles, just after he gets out of the time loop, what he has learned and how he chooses to interact with his family. I think that'd be great. So as an alternate, I want to see this. This doesn't really fit the mold, but I I'm desperate to watch a time loop movie from literally anyone else's perspective. Like, I want to see Happy Death Day from the boyfriend's perspective. Like, where it is, like, the last day. Like, where where he has to come up, where somebody has to come up and, like, explain and prove to you that they're in a time loop and see That's everything. That's a cool and concept, do actually. Yeah. I want, like, I just, I want that. Or, like, Groundhog Day from Annie McDowell's character's perspective. Yeah. You know, Palm Springs from Kristen Milioti's perspective. Like, I so desperately want... Well, I guess she gets in the time loop. I guess the bride's perspective, you know, I so desperately want something along those lines. So I, it's not, it wouldn't really be a spinoff to any movie. I mean, I get less used one of those existing IPs, but yeah. Alex, back to you. Uh, the Did next you... one I have. Uh... Wait, what about oh, wait, me? Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm, you go. I'm used to going last. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No one wants to hear my picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I just realized as well, all of mine are set in the past. I don't know if that was an accident or not. I think it's because there's elements of the story that I wanted to explore more that were mentioned and never fully developed. So my next one is The Hunger Games. Now, I know it's about to get, it's it's already got a spinoff and it's about to get made into a movie, which if you don't know, next year, The Ballad of Songs and Snakes is, being, is coming out as a movie, which is President Snow in the 10th Hunger Games as a mentor. So it's like showing his descent into the awful man that he is. But I'm not interested in that. 
I want to see, so if you've read the books, you know that Haymitch's year, the mentor of Katniss, was really like intense and it it just like he had someone he fell in love with who ended up he had, ended up having to kill and it was like really really dramatic and and it's the result of him becoming an alcoholic that we then see later on and i think that his hunger games there was a bunch of stuff that basically happened that caused it to basically be struck off the record and i think that would be a really really interesting one to explore and kind of show yeah so i've always thought having read the books that that would have been a really cool story to explore and when they were like we're making us we're making a spin-off on one of the characters i was like <gasps> and then it was president snow and i was like oh that's not the one i was interested in still an interesting story but i was just like no okay <laughs> i think there's benefit to mm. just the mystery revolving mm. around hamish like i think that like it benefits by like we don't know like you, yeah. your mind gets to fill in the gaps and it goes well, to some dark places have but, you read but the but books yes. yeah 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 because you do learn all about it in the books yeah, they yeah, just yeah, never yeah. ever went into it in the movies and so i always thought that meant that like you could have space to explore it more yeah and but you but also just like there there is something about like we know Hamish had a bad experience but why and i mean i guess the audience would assume because he had to go to the (laughs) hunger games yeah but yeah it's much more complex that anyway yeah I'd, i'd i'd watch that movie for sure all right alex now you can go my next one uh sort of came true but not really i don't want to go into it because it's still a relatively fresh thing. Uh, but I'd love to see something with Drax and Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't oh, know what yeah. Guardians 3 plans are, but I think that those two have a lot of chemistry, and it can either be really fun or potentially the bad side of when Jay and Summit Bob isn't good. So it's it's either going to be one of those two, depending on who's involved. I'm confident in it. Sure. But uh, like I said, like I wanted a duo that could spin off, that have a lot of good chemistry, and from what I've seen, they have a lot of good chemistry. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick Jurassic Park. Um, please no more sequels to Jurassic Park. This is... No, we do not need. But I'm so interested in this world. And I specifically said Jurassic Park because I would like to see a spinoff where the only canonize is the original film. Where we disregard world and we disregard you know, the two and three. So, But like, I think... I think we talked about the Jurassic films before Dominion came out, and I'm on record saying that my second favorite Jurassic Park film is Fallen Kingdom because I think it tried something new. And I almost want the franchise to go in that kind of direction, you know, because it was Alice is giving me looks right now. Look, I'm not trying to say <laughs> Fallen Kingdom is a good movie, opinions. but <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to say Fallen Kingdom is a good movie. I'm saying I really admire its ambition. And I think that there's some really interesting things they could do. Because in a world where they can recreate dinosaurs based off of old DNA, what else can they do? Um, And Mm. that tried to answer that question. You know, it tried to at least explore something beyond just dinosaurs, more dinosaurs. I think there's really interesting things in this world. And so, yeah, I would like to make a spinoff to exclusively the original Jurassic Park. something you know anything all right alice let's hear another one my next one is labyrinth and i reckon there's a lot more you can go into with jareth and in fact they have there's an entire series of comics which is about his coronation as the goblin king so that's david bowie's character for those that don't know all the characters names off by heart 
So there's an entire series of yeah comics which basically shows his coronation and how he had like someone else that he actually was in love with and like I think he lost. I haven't read him yet, but I really want to. And I think that that would be so cool to really just spend time not just with you know Sarah where she's just on a mission to get her little brother, actually spend time and get to know the characters and the goblins and the Goblin King and and learn more about the lore behind the labyrinth world i think that'd be really really cool like why hmm. does he look like a human and all the goblins are goblins and like what why does he have magic and like why is he obsessed with this girl like there's just there's so many questions and it would be so cool to explore them more sure okay alex let's hear another one from you two more from each of us yeah i didn't intend this to be a back-to-back james gunn spinoff list but uh <laughs> i also I, I thought really hard about this because you know i love the suicide squad and it was really tough to narrow it down to one but if there, if it was to be a movie, I want to see a Bloodsport prequel spinoff. Is that is that Kisera spinoff? If we just focus on him, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to see the story of how he put Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Maybe there was more to that. I think there could be more to it if we really went into it. I think it's a thing from the comics. Yeah. True. But yeah, I, I like Idris Elba. I'm I'm glad that he's getting to pop up in like everything nowadays. Mm-hmm. And. Hey, we get to see more of Henry Cavill as Superman, which is all I've been begging for the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks. My next pick, Alex, this is the one that I said, oh, yes, I really like this. And then you're like, oh, interesting. And I said, you'll like this. Saw. Okay. I'm a big fan of this franchise. I mean, I look, it's, it's guilty pleasure for me um because half of them are bad um and half of them are great (laughs) we we got this already because we got spiral and i wrote an article for another person's treasure for sif pop recently that was defending spiral and i said i think spiral is a genuine genuinely great next move for the franchise look i would love a sequel to spiral but also like they're making another saw movie and it's supposed to like tie back into the original like timeline yeah and i'm not really interested in that i'm really interested in a sequel to spiral but I'm interested in more movies like Spiral, like in the Saw universe, but that have nothing to do with John Kramer. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Mm, yeah, because there's so many like other Saws and, you know, even just like how he convinces other people to take on the mantle and stuff. Like, I just think that there's a lot of psychological intrigue there that you can go into. Yeah, there's plenty. They, yeah, they confirmed that this new one is going to be a pr- another prequel, kind of like Jigsaw. Mm. So my only question is, are they going to have Tobin Bell back wearing the backwards ball cap and goatee? Because if they don't, then they're, <laughs> they're missing out. They need to do that <laughs> to show that it's a prequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, Alice. Okay, my next one is definitely a cheat. <laughs> I, I, I just, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, cool, potentially. So it is like a prequel and it is technically involving the main character, but... It would be looking into more the lore behind Mary Poppins. So before she goes to Nanny for the at the Banks house, before all of that, like what is up with Mary Poppins? You know what I mean? Like is is there a, a like a magic school for nannies? 
how did she become one? Where did she get her powers? Like, I just think that there is something you could really do hmm. around some lore around like nannies, this idea of like a nanny school and, you know, getting these type of powers. And they all get given like an umbrella with the bird on it, you know, that symbolizes who sure. they are. And yeah. I think that could be really cool. And honestly, it could even not even include Mary Poppins until the end. Like it could literally just yeah, be about yeah, yeah. this. And then at the end you have like, oh, we've got a new intake this year. Ah, oh, yes, Mary Poppins. She'll that's, be an interesting one, you know? I mean, I feel like that's in the spirit of a spinoff, yeah. not a sequel. Yeah. yeah. If you don't follow Mary. Or maybe, like, Mary has done her thing and went and retired, but now she's the headmaster, but we don't ever see her as the headmaster except for, like, a glimpse of exactly, the Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, she's yeah. the... Or she's, like, one of the most famous ones. Like, they refer to her and stuff, but it's following yeah, in yeah, a yeah. new entrant, that sort of thing. So, because I just think that there's... It's so interesting. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. that, you know, there, there could be some really nice exploration around morals and the idea of kind of helping people connect and, like, are these people that are these humans or that become these kind of magical nannies or is this kind of like its own system that they live in a different dimension or whatever anyway yeah Mm -hmm. all right alex hit me with one more all right and my final spinoff that i would love to see uh i'm not calling it this if they ever made it to a movie but the fang family from logan lucky which is daniel craig's character (laughs) and his brothers jack quaid (laughs) and brian gleason I want to see a spinoff of them all just getting into trouble, maybe even before the film, because like, you know me, I'm from Alabama. I didn't want to develop the accent, but one of my favorite complaints about that movie was like, they really do that accent super hard. And I will tell you right now, especially Jack Quaid, he nailed that Southern accent. <laughs> people specifically talk down there because I would not have known that that was Jack Quaid. I think it was actually on this podcast. I learned, Oh, that was Jack Quaid. Didn't know that because he he nailed that accent. Mm-hmm. And he's I, great. Yeah, they'd be a fun trio to see get trouble and have fun with. Yeah, absolutely. I'd watch that. Uh, I'm so so torn because I really don't like any of the three that I have left. Because one of them, like I like it in theory, but I don't know how you do a spinoff. Actually, I'm scrapping that all. Like it needs this this one that I'm thinking of right now needs to stay as it is. All right, so I got to pick between two. Okay, um, we're going to go with this one then. Gosh, the problem with the, all three of them that I have, they're so brilliant on their own, and I don't necessarily want sequels. I don't really want spinoffs either. I want them to remain their own. But like, if we're going to have to have something, why not a spinoff? Which I guess is against the spirit of the question, but it could spin off. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <sighs> in, a, in a world where it is possible to remove memories of a person or an interaction, um, since that is the basis of eternal sunshine, it's one of those things where just what else is possible. And there has to be plenty of other stories of people doing this. And I'm willing to bet that there are some of the, all right, never mind. I'm liking this where I'm going. Okay. Eternal sunshine, the spotless mind spinoff, but it's an action movie because eternal sunshine is a romance. Sometimes it's an anti-romance, but it's, a, it's based off of like people, romantic connection. But, like, you got to think that people would remove people's memory for, like, CIA reasons, right? So, like, if the CIA, CIA had the technology, we're going to, like, yeah, we're going to turn Eternal Sunshine into a mm. into an action movie as a spinoff. Well, I wonder if it, like, it, it definitely is, like, tech that could have started as, like, a security thing and then trickled down to consumers. Yeah. Mm. 
I, I, I like that the more I went, but I was just like, but I like Eternal Sunshine for what it is. I don't really want mm. a spinoff. I, I mean, maybe you could follow the Mark Ruffalo character in his next adventure, but like, you know, the movie is so great for what it is. It doesn't need any changes, but like, this is a really hard B, easy to, uh, B plot to come up with. So, Hey, real quick, I've never seen Eternal Spotless or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Clearly. Uh, but I keep, <laughs> I keep hearing people talk about it. Yeah, How far should I move that up my list? Because it's on my list of shit. It's, it's in my pretty... 30s of my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a right. classic. If you like sci- high concept sci-fi and also like almost doomed romance, it's um, very good. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, and it's... Oof. No, it is. Ooh, nope. It is maybe Jim Carrey's best performance. Mm, yeah, that's actually quite that. You'd have to consider a it's few. Either that or Truman Show. But. In my in my opinion, it's Charlie Kaufman's best movie. Like that he's been involved in. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's got like Kirsten Dunst and Mark Ruffalo and Tom Wilkinson. Like and it's, Frodo. it's a stacked cast. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot Elijah Wood is in there. Yep. Yeah, he's got a fun role. One of his many yeah, roles no, where he plays a creeper. Frodo's like the only time he's played just like a nice guy. <laughs> like well, even then, you know, he's Frodo. Right. But like it's the only time he's played a hero. Every other time I feel like I've seen him since then, he's just the worst. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right, Alice, let's hear your last pick. Okay, this is the one I'm very excited about because I have actually genuinely been wanting this for a long time and I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone in this. So we all know I'm a big nerd and I'm especially a big Harry Potter nerd. I'm not going to go over all of that again. And we all know they did get a spinoff series and it was terrible, awful, so much so they're literally not making any more. What they should have done and what the fandom has been actually asking for for years and so much so many people have gone off and made their own versions of it is a spin-off series on the Marauders. So on the generation before yeah. Harry Potter, following his dad, Lily, Snape, all of them when they were at Hogwarts, particularly around the time of, you know, Snape going into the Death Eaters and James and James being a bully and potentially reforming and him and Lily getting together and them being part of the Order of the Phoenix and the first time around that Voldemort's came to power. Like that is all something that there's so much interest there. There's a lot you can do with nuance between the relationship between Lily and Snape and then James and Snape and then James and Lily. And, you know, obviously there's also so much you can do around Ramus and Peter Pettigrew and what happens there. And then also Sirius and everything that happens with him and his family. There's just so, so much story there to tell. And it is told a little bit in the books that they don't really ever touch on in the movies. Main, a little bit in the last one, but in the, the sixth one, but still not like that much. And I just, I would love for there to be a, a show. I reckon that this would be a really great show or potentially like trilogy of movies. Sure. I'd watch that. I want to mention one other one that I had. Um, I, it was the Truman Show. Um, was one of the other ones I was thinking of. Ooh. You look. You got to think that there's no way that they just let yeah let all that like tech and equipment and actors and all that like go. Like sure, Truman himself is allowed to go live his free life, but like they've got to do something with that world now. And maybe it's like you know I, I don't you, some some great concept that I can't think of right now. But like there's got to be something that wouldn't damage what the Truman show is, you know, cause that's incredible. Mm. So. All right. Well, that'll take us to the spinoff. Uh, that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to recommend, tell everybody to check out or to stay away from. Uh, I'm going to go first because I am going to be quick because, um, I saw glass onion in theaters 
Oh, I almost had that week. as mine. I'm so glad I did. I just, I, I'm just going to be brief because I wrote about it on Sif Pop and mm-hmm. you can go read my article there. I loved the movie. I love it the more I think about it. I cannot wait to watch it again. I, yeah, I really, really, really loved Glass Onion. Um, you unfortunately won't get to see it because not, it won't be in theaters until I think after its Netflix release date. So you won't be able to see it unless you, like if you saw it this last week, great, but then you won't be able to see it until December 23rd, mm. I believe. So again, at least here in the States. So man, check it out as soon as you can. I loved it. Um, that's it. So Alice, since you didn't pick Glass Onion, what did you pick? Yeah, I also just want to emphasize, I also really, really loved it. It is currently my second favorite movie of the year now. So Wow. I, yeah, it's I, three for me. Yeah, I was like really not sure what I was walking into because the first one, the whole point is that it really kind of upturns the whodunit. And then I was like, he can't do the same thing again. And yet he still managed to pull something off. So yeah, really great. Hold on, hold on. Hmm? Hold on. Third, Second favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. It's my third. Which one did it beat? Top Gun Maverick or Everything Ever All at Once? Like, which one did it not? Top <laughs> which Gun Which one's Maverick. your number one? Yeah, to- uh, my number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I was just like, it had to uproot one of them. I th- I have a sneaking suspicion this one's going to climb. Mm. But, I yeah, I, I still, I feel confident. Three of the year is still really good, so. Yeah. Anyway. But what anyway, I did. Anyway, continue. Yes, what I did end up going with is it's not like everybody knows about it but I particularly wanted to bring it up for anyone who was like me and was actually not interested at first which is the new show Wednesday on Netflix that has since broken all the all the records and stuff when it comes to Netflix series but there might still be some people that a might be put off by that popularity or to be honest I didn't even watch a trailer before it had come out because I just was not interested I w- I'd never really had that huge of a connection to the Adams family I and I was just like oh another spin-off you know that was basically my reaction and I never watched the trailers Tim Burton hasn't really had that great of a hit record over the last few years and I was just like okay sure. whatever not really keen and then I came across the dance, there's a dance scene in episode four and I came across that and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I had a someone at work whose opinion I trust to actually tell me, you know, it's actually really good and told me a little bit about it. And so I decided to put on the first episode because why not? I'll check it out. And I ended up wanting to, it was one of those shows that I so liked so much that I ended up wanting to watch you know, as much of it and then got really upset when I couldn't just go through it and go to the next episode. I think that they've really kind of taken the whole Adam's family thing and made it its own, its own entire story. Like I do not feel that this is just a spinoff. Like it's definitely its own thing in that. Obviously it's a spinoff. I'm not saying it's not, I just mean it has the quality to stand on its own feet. Jenna Ortega is absolutely amazing as Wednesday. She just hits it out of the park. And I actually think, yeah, this is one of the best things that Tim Burton has directed and or produced in the last many, many few years. And I think it's because it's, it feels less, overly stylistic as some of his stuff has felt of, of late. You know, it's not a Beetlejuice or anything like that, but it's it's got this enough. It's got enough to make sense without it taking over for the story itself. Like all the characters have so much substance and really interesting development and also some fantastic just like character actors. You got Gwendolyn Christie as the principal and obviously Christina Ritchie, who's actually a really interesting character in it as the basically botany teacher. And yeah, and then obviously there's, you know, the actual Adams Family 
couple and, and, you know, fester and stuff. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a fun kind of detective story where she's trying to uncover this mystery at its center. It really goes into the strange and the spooky. And if you've been holding off because you're not sure, similar to me, I really do recommend checking it out because I had so much fun and I actually can't wait for season two. Nice. Hmm. I'm going to get around to it soon. Yeah. Uh, Alex? <laughs> for my spinoff, uh, Wanted to go with a uh, game this time again, actually. Uh, I replayed Tales from the Borderlands, which is an underrated spinoff mm. from, uh, from 2015. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, 2015. And uh, basically, it takes place in this little corner universe of a game series called Borderlands. And uh, I replayed it this time with somebody who didn't know anything about Borderlands because I was curious, does this translate well to anyone who doesn't understand the lore? Because Borderlands are these like looter shooter games, kind of like Destiny a bit, where it's all, you know, guns blazing, story comes second. And this is a game where it's 90% cutscene that's interactive that just takes place. And it has aged perfectly considering that the new game just came out. It's not good at all. And please don't look into new tales. <laughs> just look into Tales in the Borderlands because it's casted perfectly. It's got video game royalty at this point. Uh, Troy Baker and Laura Bailey as a duo are your main characters. They're trying to pull this. Uh, Laura ba- Bailey's character is Fiona. She's trying to pull a con from uh, Troy Baker's character. And he's like this corporate, you know, I want to be at the top kind of guy who kind of learns this lesson along the way of these people are terrible and I don't want to be anything like them. And it's a lot of fun back and forth. It's a really great cast and it shouldn't work, which is the greatest part about it. It's always fun when you take something that should not work and it's amazing. And if you got, it goes on sale for about like five bucks every now and again. So if Tales from the Borderlands pops up, uh, it's worth checking out. Nice. Tales from the Borderlands, not new new Tales from the Borderlands. (sighs) Well, on that note, that's a wrap. So remember you can follow us. Ali, wow, how almost at Austin. Um, guys, it's 2.05 a.m. <laughs> you can follow Alice and Alex at the um, places they gave at the top of the show. I will have them in the episode descriptions below. I always point down, even though nobody can see except for you guys and you don't care. That's a fun thing. <laughs> I, I um, saw it. On his Darren is coming okay. out. Yeah. Good. You can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. Uh, and quick reminder to Pop Artist Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SifPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, uh, send us a question to explore or like for the B plot or any feedback or anything like that, writersroom at SifPop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening there. Also, recently saw Spotify is now taking reviews. So. If you are listening on Spotify, and I know most of you are, five stars. Great. Please. Thank you. Next week, 30 Days of Night is the movie that I'll be talking about with Joe. Uh, So we'll be talking about that one. And uh, the week after that is a TV catch-up episode with Kristen. So again, like just next week and then the week after that is will be the way that I'll start announcing, you know, the at the end of the episodes. So um, given the new format change. So we'll see you back here next week for... 30 Days of Night uh, with Joe. Bye.